All right. The best show is back. Sorting through a couple teeny weeny little techie issues. Thanks to the guys for working hard and sorting that out. I appreciate it. We will now begin the best show. An hour uh, later than usual, but what are you going to do? You're probably listening to this 35 years from now. I'll be long. Oh, I'll be. Uh, my skeleton will be rotting at that point. I'll be so dead in 35 years. Are you kidding? Holy moly, will I be. Will I be dead? My, uh, it will be a matter of, uh, what will be a matter of? I'll be in some, uh, graveyard that they'll probably want to build a mall on and they'll just be like, man, let's set up a little, uh, kiosk for the, I don't, what, the iPhone 14 at that point will be selling on top of my grave. Well, let's just build it on, and then I'll be haunting a kiosk. A mall kiosk will be what it'll be. Even my ghost won't have a good thing to haunt. Well, one thing I want you all to know, my friends, today's episode of The Best Show is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace over at squarespace.com and enter offer code BESTSHOW at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it, beautiful, best show.
that, my friends. The best show is back on a Tuesday night. Better late than never, but we're here. And we're all going to have a grand old time. Just like you used to have back in the old days. Remember? Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Remember that? Gerald. What was it again? Our old LaSalle? LaSalle? Two hate mongers at a piano. That's what that is. Mr. Two Hate Monger sitting down playing a song about how it used to be better in the uh, the bad old days. You know what I mean, Mike? The bad old days. Two Hate Mongers. Husband, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, hate Monger. Oh, Archie! Wait, Can you imagine the days that passed for entertainment? All in the family. Everybody used to watch that thing. Like 45 million people would watch that sitting around. Oh, did you see All in the Family tonight? Yeah, Meathead got in an argument with Archie over uh, over the draft. You see, Arch, the problem is there shouldn't be a draft. Okay, Meathead. You gotta have a draft if we're gonna stop the... Uh, Whatever he say, he would get like the Viet Cong wrong. What he say, like, right? Yeah, you can just stop the Viet Cong with the Chinese restaurants. Like some racist thing. Oh, Archie, lay off, meathead. Oh, she didn't call him meathead, right? Did she call? Did Edith call Archie meathead, Mike? No, she called him Mike. Mike and Gloria are coming over. Sounds like Gary the Squirrel. Edith Bunker has a fair amount of Gary the Squirrel. Right? Oh, Mike don't like that. Mike hates Gary. Even though they have a show together now, which is a hit. It's a hit show. At the movies with Gary and Mike. Gary's at the Met game tonight. He's at the... Yeah, he was texting before. He's at the Mets game. What do you think of that, Mike? He got good tickets. He's in the dugout. I don't know if anybody else knows he's in the dugout. Yeah. My friend, the best show's back. What did we just hear? Oh, we just heard telekinesis. Telekinesis. From their album. Ad Infinitum. On the Merge record label. It's very exciting. Uh, we just heard um, on Merge Records, um, Mrs. Cromwell was playing the new uh, telekinesis record as she was baking her famous rhubarb pie. She really enjoyed listening to a lot of indie rock. She was a huge fan of the OCs. Mrs. Abernathy disagreed, feeling that the two-drummer lineup of the OCs was slightly overpowering. Let me just say something. Two people I want to talk about. One, this goon on Twitter. 
giving me a hard time. I was lied to. I was lied to. About, uh, about, uh, he didn't get, the show didn't start on time. We're sorting through technical problems here. Trying to do it. You were lied to. Yeah, go get a refund, you goon. Yeah, go. The refund window, a refund window's right over there. Right at the edge of the cliff. Go two feet past the edge of the cliff. That's where the refund window is. You fall down Wiley Coyote style, right? Right? You know what we tell that guy, Mike, right? What's that now? No, we don't give him the heave-ho. We just tell that guy to jump in a lake. My friends, technical uh, computer stuff is very difficult. As uh, You can see, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I stand here uh, staring at the mirror like, uh, uh, like McVicker. It's like the cover of McVicker. Right? The Roger Daltrey uh, soundtrack. Remember when he did that? No? Nobody does? McVicker? No, I guess I, it's not like the cover of McVicker. It's like uh, the one who, uh, the one, what did he stare at the window? And Tommy? Tommy, he stared at the window. Remember? Smash the mirror. That's what I'm like when there's technical problems. Well, my friends, I don't know what I'm doing. And when it comes to building a website, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's why I tell you. The best show listener. When you're having a hard time with tech stuff, you want to build a website, you don't know what you're doing, you know what you do? You go to Squarespace. My friends at Squarespace. They make it easy for you. Because I've had bad website experiences trying to build those things. Ain't nothing happening with it. Ends up terrible. Uh, then everybody's mad and I'm sad. Nobody wins. But with Squarespace, we all win. Professionally designed websites. No coding required. Intuitive and easy-to-use tools. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. Trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. And it's only $8 a month. And you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. You go to uh, squarespace.com, my friends. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code BESTSHOW to get 10% off your first purchase. Because they will help you out. You can't beat it. 24-7 online support. Holy guacamole, man. Squarespace. Squarespace Squarespace.com offer code BESTSHOW. And that's because they support the best show with me. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Oh, what did we just hear? We heard that, uh, heard that telekinesis record, right? That's good stuff. You like that, Mike? Yeah, it was nice, right? It's good stuff. And Mike knows good music. And I know good music. And I'm telling you, Merge Records. I did not play that because Merge, uh, I played it because I play every stuff on Merge all the live long day. I've been playing stuff on Merge since Merge started. Since that Wax cassette. Wax. I was on board, and I'm still on board. In 2015, Merge Records 
added some exciting releases to its already stellar catalog, including new albums from Titus Andronicus, Mike Kroll, Mac McCon, the lead singer of Super Chunk, Arcade Fires, Will Butler, The Mountain Goats, and Waxahachie, as well as reissues by Spoon, Seaweed, Super Chunk, Magnetic Fields, and more. You can find all these albums in the Merge web store, along with a limited number of complete or thousands of prizes, 7-inch box sets, and selections from the Merge 25th Anniversary Reissue Series, such as Lamb Chop's Nixon and Teenage Fan Club's Man Made. For a limited time, Best Show listeners will receive 20% off all Merge catalog CDs and LPs and Merge gear like t-shirts, hats, and tote bags. Visit MergeRecords.com slash shop and use Best Show. They offer code Best Show to get the check off to get 20% discount. Merge Records, you hear me play that Destroyer record every week? That's one of my favorite records this year. Destroyer. Can't beat that thing, man. You get that one. Go over there, you get that record. 20% off. You go to MergeRecords.com slash shop. Offer code BESTSHOW. 20% off. Go do it. Support independent record labels like Merge Records. And specifically Merge Records. One more thing I want to tell you all about, my friends. One more thing. If you've got money in the stock market, you probably broke even this year. Maybe you even lost money. But if your dollars were in real estate in San Francisco, New York, Seattle, Chicago, or almost any other major city, you probably made a nice little return. Diversification is the name of the game when it comes to investing. And if you're looking to diversify your portfolio with real estate, look no further than Realty Shares. Realty Shares is a private real estate investment club that allows you to invest as little as $1,000 in homes and commercial real estate deals across the United States. Realty Shares has offered real estate investment opportunities in over 100 major metro areas. Thousands of investors have earned returns as high as 20% this year on the Realty Shares platform. It's very easy to become one of them. And plus, when you sign up and make an investment, you can refer your friends for $150 each. So what do you do? This is what you do. You go to your computer. You go to your web browser. You type in realtyshares.com slash bestshow to create a free account and get started. Learn real estate investment tips on their blog or simply browse investment opportunities over at realtyshares.com slash bestshow backslash bestshow. Realtyshares.com backslash bestshow. Oh, we got an exciting show for you. Unfortunately, because of the technical problems, I believe we will be without Nathan Fielder tonight. That will probably happen next week. We'll make that happen next week. Look at this goon. This goon's already, I'm sorry, Tom. I didn't mean to be a jerk. It happened. You know, think before you type. Think before you type, you goon. I didn't even say your name on the air, you goon. I'm not even giving you... I ain't going to give you the air time. Oh, we got an exciting show planned for you tonight. I think Nathan Fielder will be next week, but we're going to have Julie Klausner and Hayes Davenport in studio. So get ready for that. In a matter of moments, we'll have that. And I want to send a message out to my friends at the Italian restaurant that I ate at tonight. You guys listen, and you listen good. I know you're over there listening as you're scrubbing the tables or whatever you do after hours. And this goes for all Italian restaurants. 
would it kill you guys to make the vinaigrette not uh, like a like la- like like a laundry gla- gla- grade uh, vinegar with that? Like the strongest vinegar I've ever had in my life. It's like, how am I supposed to eat this salad? I, I went sit down for a nice meal, pre-show meal. Put the vinegar, the oil and vinegar on the thing, on the salad. And then there, and then I put it on, and then like there was like a, a, a crunchy piece of lettuce that like served to almost be like nature's version of a, of a, of a, 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 Dori, a like a, a, a Frito scoop. It was almost like a, a natural Frito scoop. And it flung the dressing in my eye. I kid you not, for three minutes, I was in this restaurant clutching my eye but trying to act like I was just like eating like a normal person like do 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 and meanwhile I'm just like I hope I don't have to go to the hospital this hurts so bad my eye is on fire with dressing with oil and vinegar thumbs down Italian restaurants Tone, tone down the strength of that vinegar. We're trying to eat it. We're trying to eat it. I'm not trying to wipe down my innards, right? That vinegar you use for laundry. You wa- wash clothes with that stuff. You bleach your teeth with it. But these guys, man, they're so liberal with that vinegar. Unbelievable. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're having a good show. Who's this, Mike, on one? This person, you... Bashio, you've been on hold for about two and a half hours. What's going on? Hey. Hi. I have a question for uh, for Hayes, Davenport. Well, Hayes is not in there yet. He's not in studio yet. Uh, Why don't you tell me what the question is, and I'll ask him. Okay. Well, uh, Hayes has often professed on his show that he has a reasonable fear of the frightening and and terrifying. With the Halloween season almost upon us, I wanted some tips and advice on how to get through it as a reasonably frightened man. All right. Well, why don't you call back with that one? Will do. Thanks. Just call back with it. I'll make sure you get through. Okay? All right, my friend? He hung up. Halloween's coming up. That's why you catch me on Halloween, man. You know what I like to do on Halloween? Eat candy. Like to go to the movies, eat candy. On Halloween, that's right, I see a nice horror movie, right? And this year I'm going to see the top horror movie starring friend of the best show, Jack Black, Goosebumps. We'll be in theaters on Halloween. Rated R. What if Goosebumps was like a hard R? Eli Roth's Goosebumps. Who likes these Eli Roth movies? How's this guy still... Well, who who are these aimed at? They should just like have a net ready, and just hey, you guys ready for the sickest? E-? What if they just promoted like Eli Roths, and it's just called sick bleep and bleep? You know, like that's what they like sick f and s is like Eli Roths sick f and s. Everybody's in the theater. Are you guys ready for the new Eli Roth movie? It's his sickest yet. If you're ready to see it, raise your hands. 
and everybody raise and it's like they raise their hands and then a giant net falls from the roof of the theater like a like an electri- electrified net that like paralyzes all these people it's like we are going to assume you are up to something if you wanted to see this new Eli Roth movie we will sort this out in a detention camp we will we will figure out what you're guilty of in the a detention camp Like Eli, it turns out Eli Roth is like an uh, like a uh, he's like a fink, like a, a fink, right? And no good fink, double crossing the, uh, the people of America like Timothy Leary did. Best show, you're on the air. Oh, crazy night, huh? Oh man, Th- you you said it, brother. Oh man, my heart goes out to you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we sorted through it. I appreciate uh, Pat and Jason and uh, Martine were working hard on all the stuff, so. Thank, thank you to them for sorting it out. Um, I'll tell you, man, it's it's that thing that that everyone talks about, and it's not you know it's I think there's something to it. This this Mercury retrofit. Mm-hmm. Mercury ret what? Mercury retrofit. It's when I guess like the planet Mercury mm-hmm. gets too close to Earth's orbit. Okay. And I guess it shoots some stuff at us. Yeah, I think that's Mercury. It's retrograde, probably. Retrofit sounds like something else. Oh, I don't know. Oh, hey, speaking of space, mm-hmm. you see The Martian? I did not see The Martian yet. I saw it last night. Did you like it? I liked it, but there was too much math in it. Uh-huh. Too much what? Yeah. Math. Math. A lot of math and science talk, which I just, you know, I couldn't follow, really. Do you glaze over when they get I into kinda that glazed. It, it was like getting a verbal back rub. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but you, did you like other parts of it? I did like it, yeah. I liked especially when uh, is it Matt Damon or, or or is it the is it the other guy? Oh, that was Matt Damon. You wait, it you saw Matt the Damon. you saw I, the movie. Never, pardon me. You saw the movie and you weren't sure if it was Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. No, it's the other guy. I'm never sure of. Um, who's the guy that was in the movie that everybody hated that did so well about that? Like a little creature. The movie about a little creature. He's like a he's like a stocky guy too. Oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg, yes. Okay. I'm never sure which guy who looks like a, a college wrestler on his way to regionals is in these movies now. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. To, it, I can see that. It is hard to tell these 5'8", <laughs> these 5'8", these college, like, guys in their 40s who look like they're teenage college wrestlers. I swear at one point... Damon is wearing that wrestling headgear. Really? It's supposed to be like a like a space outfit, but uh-huh. it's those it's those ear things. But I know it is. But he's not wearing like a singlet, is he? He is. Yes. He's he's actually wearing a wrestling singlet in he the is. Martian. He is. And he's stretching at one point. <laughs> very interesting. Very like interesting. Like he's getting ready for a match. He is. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think. And at one point, he drinks one of those uh, those rocky egg uh, shakes. Really? Yes. He Crack, cracks him open. Uh, so he drinks. But does it like so like a zero gravity egg thing? Does he have to like scoop the eggs? Are the eggs floating through space? They are. Yes. Yeah. It's it's quite a scene. It's it's, uh-huh. it's, it's cinematic to the utmost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hey, I'm watching this uh the, the this debate. Uh huh. The, the Democratic debate. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? I've never heard Bernie Sanders speak before. 
before. Uh huh. I never heard his voice. Yeah. It, he sounds like Larry David doing uh, doing Steinbrenner. <laughs> you mean George like? Hungry. What's that? George Hungry. Wow. So I Remember didn't. How he says that? Yeah. When he'd be like, you mean when he'd be behind? Give me that parmesan, Georgie. <laughs> so that's. That could be our next president. Yes. Could sound. Usually you're not supposed to have the impression figured out that early on a guy like that. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I bet SNL brings Larry David in to do him, and they add him as a featured player. For the current season? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a that's an interesting proposition. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. Hmm. You see the flaming lips on there last week? With uh, with Miley Cyrus. Yeah, that's the most I've ever seen Wayne Coyne hang in the background. Yeah, you'd think you'd think he was scared or something. Like it was like, I I, I thought there he might have been wearing some sort of like electric dog collar, like a like an electric fence that stopped him from going all the way to the front of the I stage. I wouldn't doubt that. That's what it looked like. It's a great observation, Tom. Oh, oh, thank you. I don't even know who you are. But, I wasn't being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you know, you you sound so you're you're okay. I thought you were giving me the business. Wait, it there. sounds like you're being sarcastic. Man. No, I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic at all. You can't talk to me like that. Hey, hey well, I'm not. I don't know why you're escalating it. I'm. You escalated it. I didn't escalate it. You will not talk to me like that. <laughs> oh, why? Why can't I talk to you like that? Because I'm a champion. I'm Dick Norton. What? Wait, what's that? I'm Dick Norton. Dick Norton. Yes. Dick. Who is Dick Norton? Oh, just the only professional athlete to earn championship rings in three different professional sports. That's all. You've received championship. Nobody's ever gotten championship rings for three different pro sports. I have. You have. Oh, yeah. Really? What sports? Uh, basketball, baseball, and hockey. Why? No. The, wait, hold on. This is insane. What? What is your name again? Dick Norton? Yes. Hold on. I got I to search this. I got my first ring with the champion 84 Celtics. Okay. Hold on. Okay, here it is, Dick Norton. Okay, now I I remember you now. Yeah, Dick Norton. Not so glib and disrespectful now, are we, son? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, if anyone was a candidate for my seminar, it's your ass. What? For your seminar? Yeah. What is your seminar? Dick Norton's The Champion's Way with Dick Norton. Dick Norton's The Champion's Way with Dick Norton? Yes, yeah. What, what is that? Well, it's a success-based seminar where I impart my championship wisdom unto non-champions in an effort for them to realize their championship potential. Uh-huh. Well, Dick, I got to say, I'm a, I'm a pretty big uh, NBA fan, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking back to that 84 team when you played with the Celtics. Okay, son. Uh huh. And I, if I remember correctly, you did not play. Uh, you you almost never played, right? Oh 
Well, you know, C- Coach Jones used me very sparingly for the greatest possible effect, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure. Spare? How sparingly? Like how often? That year, how often did you play? Uh, Thirty-two. Oh, so you played 32 games? That's not that sparingly. That's actually pretty good. No, 32 seconds. <laughs> Wait. In You played 32 seconds. But you yeah. almost... And how many seasons? Uh, altogether, two. Two? Yeah. Yeah, by the end of the first season, I was wearing my street clothes under my sweatsuit. And so I would just whip it off, and then I'd head to JoJo's, this bar that I'd hold court at, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of you know go wild there. But then some people started to not believe I was even on the team, so I started wearing my sweats to JoJo's. Uh huh. Yeah, I take the sweats off, and then I walk around the bar in my game uniform. Okay. Yeah, I got so many free drinks from that, as well as endless minutes of behind the jukebox fun. Behind the jukebox fun. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I think I do. That's oh yeah, you got to get back there sometime. Behind the jukebox. Yeah. So when you do these seminars, what are you teaching at one of your seminars? Because it, it it kind of, I don't know how it could be about contributing to like a, a winning team or or participating, you know, actually participating on a winning team. Oh, it's not. Wait, it's it's not. So what are you teaching then? Well, I teach a landmark technique called success through psychic manipulation, confidence erosion, and ego devastation. Psychic manipulation. What was it? Confidence erosion? Yeah. And what was the other one? Ego devastation. Well, that, that sounds terrible. What, what, what is that? Those what what is that? What are those well, three things? I can certainly nutshell it for you if you'd like. Mm. I, I would like you to nutshell it for me, Dick. Well, here's what you do: for, you you plant seeds in the minds of your teammates or, or or your coworkers. You know, if you're a if you're a cubicle zero, you know, the, if, those if you're, people. If you're a what? It, a cubicle zero. A cubicle zero. Yeah. What is that? Well, it's like a it's like a drone. Okay. You know, someone who's making no difference in, in any form of, uh, in, in in any aspect of, of everyday life. Oh, wow. That's a little, that's mean. I didn't make it up. Oh, okay. But so, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dick. Anyway, you plant these seeds in, in, in the minds of those who you know are better than you. Mm-hmm. You know, you plant these seeds that everybody hates them. Mm-hmm. Or that you know that they know deep down inside that they're a total failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eventually they crumble under the constant negative reinforcement uh-huh. and these mind games that you play on them. That they eventually quit or get fired, and then you reap the benefits. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's it's basically some form of uh, like psych- psychological torture. Well, yeah, but th- that phrase just has a very unmarketable ring to it, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, I think psychological torture has an unmarketable ring to it, sure. See, I just said that. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I, I was agreeing with you, Dick. Okay. Uh-huh. So these are techniques you've used in your actual career? Oh, yes. Yeah, take the Celtics, for example. I had just enough talent to get on that team, just 
barely. Mm-hmm. It was down to me and this other player, Milt Ramsey, mm-hmm. as to who was going to get that final spot on the bench. Okay. So I kept telling Milt that I thought he was great, but that Coach Jones thought he was fat and that he actually might be mentally challenged. Oh, God. Well, but of course, back then, we had a much funnier way of saying that before the PC thought police came to town. Oh, oh, a funnier way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Oh, and also, I was lining his shorts and his sneakers with fishing weights. So he was getting slower and slower as as, as the days went by. Uh-huh. And the other guys started calling him Kareem Abdul Just Sunday Bar. That's, that's I actually other... made it up and I, I fed it to the other guy. Oh, so you started You've got to call him this. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So, okay. So anyway, old Milt turned in his uniform soon after, and he ended up selling ice cream outside a women's prison. Uh-huh. A, no, a noble endeavor, if ever there, there was one, uh-huh. don't you think? Oh, well, I think what I think of selling ice cream outside a women's prison is, is that that seems fine. But what you did sounds pretty, uh, pretty bizarre and uh, borderline psychopathic. Actually. Wait, what? No! It's a perfect example of survival of the fittest. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, th- hey, hey, Dick? Yes? You, sa- what, you said you, you, basketball, you got your, your championship. What, but you said you got one in baseball also? Oh, yes, son. I played on the 1990 Cincinnati Reds championship team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, hold on. Get a look at the 90 Reds. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Okay. Um, I don't see in this team picture. Keep looking. Hey, you're not here. Wait, is that you in the last row? Is that you in the official team picture? Yeah. Are you wearing, you're the only guy wearing sunglasses? Yeah, that's me. Uh-huh. You see, our manager, Lou Pinella. Yeah. He was livid with me that day. And I told him, you know, well, it's either the sunglasses or everybody sees both my black eyes. Uh-huh. You had two black eyes. I did, yeah. How, how did you get two black eyes? I got into a huge fight that morning with Ron Dibble. Uh-huh. He was one of the other guys on the team. Yeah. Yeah, he double-eye-batted me. He double-eye-batted you. Yeah, it's okay. exactly what you think it is. Yeah, yeah. What do you think it is? I think he, he used a bat to give you two black eyes. See, I told you you knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured it out. It's not like oh, okay. It's well, anyway, he was accusing me of blackmailing my aunt Marge Schott into letting me be on the team. Uh huh. Oh, so Marge Schott, who was the owner of the of the Reds, yes, you were her nephew. 
is this, an inquisition? Well, no, I mean, you just said it was your aunt. I'm just answering... I'm asking you a simple question based on something you said. Okay, well, I mean, why can't you just answer that very simple question? All right, look. Yes, yeah, she, she was my daddy's sister uh-huh. and, and a true patriot who we could all learn something from. Uh-huh. These, these candidates could learn from her. Okay. Yeah. And you were accused of blackmailing her? It wasn't blackmail. Uh-huh. It was Norton mail. What is Norton Mail? Well, in that case, Norton Mail took the form of me telling her that nobody would ever love her like I love her. That everybody but me hated her and thought she was a vile piece of street trash with no hope of ever being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And before you knew it, I was a red. (laughs) Oh, God. So you didn't even earn your spot on that team. Did sure you, I did. Did you did you play? Oh yeah. Yeah, they called me Mr. Top of the Ninth. Mr. Top of the Ninth. Why yeah. why did they call you Mr. Top of the Ninth? Because Coach put it on we put me in left field when we were having it Hey what what was that? Because Coach Pinello would put me in left field when we were ahead by no less than eight runs at the top of the ninth uh-huh. inning. Why? <laughs> eight runs. Yes. Uh-huh. How many times did that happen? Oh, God. At least once. Once? Yeah. Once. That is that is hilarious. Maybe you're hilarious to uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. it's laughable, Dick. Maybe you're laughable. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to say, Dick, you got no right to... I don't like how you said my name just then. Well, it's your name. Well, you said it in such a way that you, know, you had a little, it had a little heft to it, a little girth. Uh-huh. I didn't like. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't like. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what that is, but... I didn't like it. <laughs> you don't like it. No. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know who, who, says, who said stuff like that? Who? Do you remember that movie, Christine? Christine, about the, the, car? the car? Yeah. Do you remember? Um, I don't know if I can say this this word, this name on the air. Can I? Well, g- give me a hint on what it is. Well, it, it was it was a name that, that one of the characters called the lead character. His name was Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but, can't say but he it. Made, he, he added a no. letter to the middle yeah, of I'm it. Yeah, pretty. It's not. <laughs> no, you can't say that. You okay, can't well, say anyway. that, Dick. The, the the person who said something uh-huh. in this vein was the 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 guy that was the bully who said that the guy that bullied Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Remember him? He was playing an eighteen year old, but the actor was obviously forty. Keith Gordon. Is that his name? Yeah, he had a receding hairline. It was like a a, a senior in high school who was dealing with male pattern baldness. No, I'm talking about, well, that's that. I'm talking about the bully. Oh, the bully. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry, Dick. I didn't know who you're talking about. Oh, you anger me so much. Okay. Well, I'm tr- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Okay. Calm down. Calm down, Dick. Oh. I don't like that at all. <laughs> you know, well, I got to say, you have no right to impart any sort of championship knowledge or advice to anyone. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, tell that to my students, uh-huh. several of whom are enjoying huge success in the business world as we speak. Really? 
Like, yes. who, like who? Oh, off the top of my head, uh, Martin Screlly, uh, Jacob Owens, and Jared Rutledge are just a, a few of the champions of business. I've helped become champions of mm-hmm. bu- business. Okay, Martin Screlly, that's the guy who, that, that creep who upped the price of AIDS medicine uh, from like 13 bucks to like $750 a pill. Mm. And those other two guys... Are the, those are those two dirtbags that were in the news a few weeks ago. Oh, they were? Yeah. Oh, how wonderful. I told you I breed champions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they were the guys, they own a coffee shop in, like, North Carolina, and they got busted for doing, like, a really kind of vicious podcast and blog about, like, their their, like, sexual exploits. Well, look, what the champions do with the championship knowledge I impart, it, it, it's not my responsibility at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so so basically you're telling people like how, if you teach them how to build a bomb and then you're like, well, I can't help what you do with the bomb you built. You know, oh, I've done going, that too. What's that? I've done that too. <laughs> You've done... I, I've, taught, I've taught students how to build bombs and then <laughs> you know, stuff. Something went awry, and I was out the door. Uh, in your bomb-building class? It's a side class I have, yeah. Uh, okay. Bomb. We don't need to advertise that, though, right now. Well, <laughs> I don't want to advertise it at all. Oh, well. Uh, I got to say, you are a complete failure as a human. And uh, I do a thing on the show called The Hate Pit, and I'm going to drop you in it in a couple minutes. But, what? Uh, before I do that, I would like to ask you, how on earth do you have your third championship uh, ring? You said you have one for hockey? Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, when I joined the Carolina Hurricanes in uh, 2006, mm-hmm. Wait, I... Um, how how old have you played for the, 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 the Boston Celtics in 84, and then right? you just joined a hockey team in 2006? How old are you? How, like, how old were you when you did this? Oh, then uh, 44. Uh-huh. Why? Because that is... Very old for a hockey player. That's like way older. Hold on a second. I got to look up the, you said the 2006 Hurricanes? That's right. Oh my God, what was that? Okay, here's the robot. You got a robot over there? Yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. Uh huh. You're not even in this team picture. Oh, yeah, that's probably because I was sweeping up then. Uh-huh. You were what? I was sweeping up. Sweeping up. What do you mean by yeah. sweeping up? Well, you know how t- how some teams have a player coach? Mm-hmm. Like, like Craig T. Nelson in that film Slapshot? Mm-hmm. Well, I was the league's only player custodian. <laughs> player custodian? Yeah. What, what does that mean? Well, I was already a custodian at the arena in 2006. <laughs> okay. But then I worked out a deal with General Manager Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of deal did you work out? Well, here's how it went. I got to be on the Hurricanes, who were basically a week away from winning the title. And in exchange, I didn't tell the authorities that I saw him slap a young fan in the face after a game. Mm-hmm. And you saw him do that? 
Well, by the time I was done with a round of Dick Norton's championship gaslighting, he sure did. Uh huh. So, gaslight. So you get you convinced him that he slapped a kid, even though he didn't. Tom, the power of suggestion is a wonderful tool in the champion's quest for championship glory. Uh huh. Well, this is nuts. You you should be behind bars. You should be locked up. Really? Yeah. Actually, from what I hear. Mm-hmm. It's you who should be locked up. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, everyone thinks you're some kind of unhinged, subatomic, hulking, gorillatic doodle bop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all say you need real psychological help, real bad. Mm-hmm. That you're a real detriment to podcasts. Okay, well, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to gaslight me right now. It's not me. Gonna, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I think you're great. Uh-huh. It's just that um, you know, I was talking to Mike and Dudio earlier today. Okay. And, ah, nah, forget it, man. No, no, wait, wait, go. I want to hear this. What were you talking to them about? Well, I'm just, I'm just passing on what they said. Uh-huh. They think that, you know, you're really losing your touch. Yeah, you, you lost your edge, and you're nowhere near as funny as you used to be. Well, I mean, I can't believe they would look. It's, it's. I know. They, they, no, I tried to tell them you're great. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. You try to do a new show every. You know what I mean? You're trying to like work on stuff every week, and it's it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, I think you're awesome. You know, a, a, a true legend. But from what they said, the whole industry thinks it's over. It's over? You mean like the show? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you you in the entertainment business. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That yeah, hit you're me. done. That hit me where it... Yeah, that got me. Well, look, maybe, maybe it is time. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, look, you know, I'd, I'd be glad to take over. For the show? Oh, wait. Hang on. Wait. What's that? Oh, that's Martin Screlly. Yeah? Was that yeah, a... Yeah, just pulled up. We're going to go shopping for gold mailboxes tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah. What was that? That was him honking his horn? It was, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, something's wrong with that one. Hang on. Oh, what's going on with that one? Yeah, that second horn must be clogged with gold. <laughs> clogged with gold. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. His horns run on old liquid gold. Uh-huh. And sometimes the gold he uses is, is so thick with gold. Yeah. That, that it clogs the horns. Because there's so much gold. It is, yeah. So his car has... Um, only one and a half horns. Okay. One and a half horns. Mm-hmm. Horns. 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 Oh, he hung up. He hung up, Mike? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I'm scared of that guy. That guy scares me. Dick Norton. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Oh, hey, who's this? 
Uh, this is John in Portland. Don in Portland. What's up, Don? Uh, not much. I uh, thought I'd give you a call because I was wondering if you've heard about these escape rooms that are popping up all over the place. Oh, have I heard of them? Yeah. Uh, I think you might want to check for Los Angeles. Someone set the the record in solving one. Oh, how long's that? How long? How fast did I solve? I solved it by myself. Uh huh. Yeah, in like four minutes. That's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it was pretty. It was, and they made. Then I went back again. They made it harder. Uh huh. I solved it in three minutes, the second time. No kidding. And then I went back again, uh-huh. and they actually made it so it wouldn't be solvable. Like they just like there was no answer to it. And then I, I this is what I said to them. I was just like, oh, I'm having a panic attack in here. The walls are closing, and you gotta let me out. Seriously, I'm freaking out. And then they opened the door. I was like, I escaped. And then you got like, them. Yeah. And then they were like, they were like, ah, hey, you got us. Why, have you done an escape room? Yeah, I, uh, I had to do one for a team-building exercise for my work. Uh-huh. Well, that's depressing. Where are you working? Um, I'm actually, well, I'm working right now, and I, um, I, I'd like to leave it. I work in an office. You work in an office? Yeah. And do you feel like these team-building exercises actually help things? I'm not, no. Like you just everybody you have... just kind of did their own thing. Like okay. there are a bunch of puzzles in the room, and everybody just kind of grabbed a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And every now and then we'd kind of communicate, and then get back to it. What was the theme of the room? It was the Revolutionary War. What? Yeah, right. You're you're supposed to be locked in this room by some redcoats, and they're going to come back in an hour and execute you yeah. if you don't um, solve these puzzles that they. I guess Dumbest what, thing I've ever heard around? in my life. You know what would get me out of that room? What? Having to go back in and hear that Fife music that they played back then. Right? I'd want what to get out so fast. Talk about that's my motivator. <laughs> that Fife we, music. We didn't have the, music in ours. They made people want to fight that Fife music, right? Wouldn't you want it? Wouldn't the thing you could think of doing more is to run someone through with a bayonet if suddenly if all you heard all day was right like a drum one of those drums over that people like wore like over that like mounted to the like you know like they have the strap like the you know what i mean like marching band drums right fife and drum stuff yeah could you imagine if that's the only music you had back then Holy moly. It's like the worst proposition I ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's either that or uh, harpsichord music. So did you solve the puzzle? Uh, yeah, we got out with uh, like 10 minutes to spare, but that's kind of a relief because I don't think that we would have been able to look at one another in the eye uh, the following Monday. Well, look, I did one of these things with another group, and I laid back to like see how they did with it. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty embarrassing when these people can't, like, when they fail, mm-hmm. it's pretty brutal. Like, they are just like, because there'll be people like, maybe this thing goes for that thing. Go, <laughs> someone go find that code. Where's that, yeah. where's that ledger? Maybe that's the, maybe that tells us the coordinates 
of this thing and we can open the safe, right? Right? Yeah. Now we can open the safe. Well, they, they warn you not to break anything. Um, so there's so many rules and all of them revolve look, around. Uh, look, bro, I'm going to lay it out straight. Out I'm going to lay it out straight. I was being parodic when I said I solved the escape room thing before I didn't. I, I did one of these things and, uh, I, I did so poorly at it. Can we, my, my guests come in, please? I did an escape room with one of the two of these people. Come okay. on in, guys. Come on in. Let's go. Uh, let's get another chair in here for uh, for the gang. Thank you. Thank you. Another chair coming through. We got. Uh... Thank you. How you doing? We got it coming in. Good. Good. Very good. We've got Julie Klausner, right? Oh, you're kidding. And your host. And your host, Julie Klausner. Right? With musical guest, Waves. <laughs> <laughs> right? Waves coin. Musical guest, Pitbull with the flaming lips. That's just like a thing where they're just like, let's get all the super talentless people over with at once. Flaming lips. <laughs> and look, I love the flaming lips so much. They kicked, they kicked my, my boy out. They kicked my boy out, Cliff. I a heard po- a pox problem. on the flaming, a pox on them all. A pox on the flaming lips. I hope a pox falls on Oklahoma City and it rots them out from the inside. What do you think yeah. about that, Mike? What do you think about this new pox thing I'm doing, right? You like it? Because I'm telling you, Mike, I thought about it. I'm declaring war on everybody who talks into a GD microphone at this point. Sick of it. Lose. I can't, I can't stand but lose. Every time, everything I do, I lose. I'm a born loser, Mike. But you know what? Someday a loser like me, even the losers win some. What's that thing? What's that song, Mike? Even the losers Even, get, get lucky. Sometimes. But I don't want to get lucky. Oh, sorry. You, you want to win. You want to get up on that, Mike. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. here you go. I want to just be a straight-up winner. You know what I mean, Julie Klausner? Yeah. Star of difficult people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you always react like that when people say that? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just throw up. I Now, caller. Caller, what's yeah. your name? This is John. John. I did a uh, an escape room in Los Angeles with Hayes Davenport, featuring. Sorry, mm-hmm. got to work your way it's up to first the. Year. It's his featuring. first season. Oh, yeah, his sure. first season. Yeah. Hayes Davenport, like he sounds yeah. like he's scared sometimes, didn't he? Sound like he was almost scared. Don <laughs> Pardo at the featured players. Do you think they hazed him? It sounded like he was like Hayes Davenport, like he was just like. Well, that, like there was right. water filling up in Don Pardo's booth, and he's like, hey, he's Davenport. <laughs> like, or like he was a ghost, kind of. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, okay. he was, yeah, well. well I thought that they had to off. haze him. Uh-huh. Not haze, haze. No. But no. like featured players had to haze Jimmy Pardo in order to be regular Jimmy players. Jimmy Pardo. Yeah. Oh, I mean. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's Jimmy Pardo, the new announcer for... Saturday Night Live. They must be related somehow, right? <laughs> well, they're they, brothers. They're brothers. Yeah. No, I'm not going to get into it. 
But anyway, that that's why Danny Pardo. <laughs> Danny Pardo. No. What is, is that? Place? Danny Pooty? Are you thinking <laughs> Danny Pooty? That's why he always seems so scared. Because yeah. they were gonna prank him, so it's, mm-hmm. it's so they're like, just worried, right? So it's like since she's a maid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So call her. Yes. Before Julie says another Pardo incorrectly, <laughs> let's get to this. Dolly Pardo. Dolly Pardo would be. Pardo. Do you Dolly think Don Pardo, Pardo ever went for Halloween as as Dolly Parton and called himself? I'm Dolly Pardo this year. During the Gene Demadian. Trick or treat. Joey. No, I, oh, I almost hung up. <laughs> I was so close to hanging up on that. No, that was, you oh. gotta give it to John. That was committed. That was a big swing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did it. How did it. he get up the courage to do? You did that. it? You know that's that's hanging up uh, uh, fodder, but you made it. So <laughs> I, I was in Los Angeles with my friend Hayes mm-hmm. Davenport, ho- a co-host of Hollywood Handbook. Earwolf's Hollywood yeah. Handbook. <laughs> Is that how I sounded yeah, before? That's like, that's you Are you familiar with Hollywood Handbook, John? Oh, yeah. Love oh, it. You do, right? Mm-hmm. So we did this escape room, and the theme was that it was like, yeah, it's the 40s. It's an old gumshoe thing, right? What? And we, well, you just did the thing Julie did. He just went, walk, <laughs> walk. <laughs> oh, my God. Between the two of you. He, he uh... So then we're doing this thing, and I was so out of sorts in this thing, because I'm just bad with, like, puzzles like that. I don't like puzzles. I don't like them. I don't like puzzles. What about small rooms <laughs> full <laughs> of people, people I don't swarming know. around you? Yeah. yeah. People I haven't met yet? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm in this thing, and then there's this bored... There's one person in the room, the the receptionist, who's just like... She's just like, <sighs> she just looks like a pinup girl kind of look. Like they're like, hey, she has that look now, and they're just like, hey, why don't you be a receptionist in this gumshoe thing? So she would just once in a while say things like, on like so disinterested. She was just like, at one point, she sees me floating around trying to with this clipboard trying to figure something out, and she's like. Why don't you look at the numbers on the airplanes? <laughs> on, the, on, on, on the desk, there were these like miniature airplanes that had like coordinates written on them. And I'm just like, and so I spent the next 40 minutes writing down the coordinates, trying to figure something out. And the, the airplanes meant nothing for the thing, right? right? You didn't pass a lot. You're supposed to share that information with the group. Oh, you? I did. There was some dude I was sharing it with. I was just like, hey, what? Is this? You're like, do you think this is something? You're like, look, and then you showed him your like, notebook paper, do you think this is a and thing? it was all like, like Charles yeah. Crumb's notebook. Yeah. yeah, and then you're like, does this mean anything? But I, I will say this: earlier in the thing, I feel like I lost interest in the entire experience because there was a bookshelf, mm-hmm. and they told us at one point, it's like, notice the books. Like, not all, don't go super deep into the books. Yeah, they told us specifically not to do the thing that you did, which was but become you... obsessed with the books. I, I was not obsessed at all with the books, but 
when I'm seeing this authentic 40s gumshoe office, and then I see a, a Susan Powder book. I was like, oh, I can't concentrate anymore. That that took me. That was enough to take me out of it for the entire thing. Like Susan Powder. Like what was her thing? Like stop the insanity. It was like yeah. So I'm just like stop the insanity, kid. Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah, you're eating too many carbs, see? (laughs) (laughs) So, when that happened, I was like, are we caught in some, is this like a Star Trek time warp thing we're caught in where I figured the loophole out? Did you ask that to the pinup before? No, because she was so, she would have just gone, no, it's not. Just uh, focus on the planes on the desk. (laughs) She was so bored, it was so... Yeah, it was so it was so annoying. And she was very superior about like knowing the answers to things. Yeah, At, yes, because like, you work here. It's your job. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should know the answers. You you do twelve of these a day, and you watch people. And then the group, which I will not take credit for being a part of that group. I was as out on my own as could be. There were like twenty seven elements. That had 27 tw- steps. And yeah. 25? The group figured out 25? Yeah, although the last one is just like put the key in the lock. And so I figured that one out first, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I would say we actually figured out 26. We just yeah. didn't get the key. The final one didn't yeah. get the key. Yeah. Well, caller? Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Julie Klausner. I'm just picturing this, this scene in the- <laughs> Everyone's working on one side of the room, and then you're just like looking at the bookcase like, in the corner. I, I swear, there was a point when I was just like, "I'm contributing so little to this. I'm actually subtracting from the ability of the rest of these people yeah. to solve things." Because, like, at least the you're energy out I'm of the putting, way. the energy I was putting yeah. off was like full on incompetence. Just like you know, when you're somewhere and somebody. Doesn't know what, like when you go to a store and then like, I went to look at storage lockers the other day, right? I got a lot of stuff. Just like, maybe I got to drop some of this stuff in a storage locker. And the, it was the guy's first day at it, <laughs> at the storage locker. And I got to say this, Mike, you know anybody who works at a storage locker? That is a weird, that is a weird, that attracts some grade A weirdos with that storage locker thing. So this guy was so new at it, and he was like, um, so, uh, like, I ended up showing him where the locker was. Like, I was just like, so we're looking for locker 2458. I'm just like, well, I think that might be upstairs in one of these. And because he's like, okay, let's see here. Oh, where's the locker 2458? And he was going to, like, walk off into, I was like, well, why don't we just go up? In this building, I bet get, you it's, it's going to get in his car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're looking for twenty four fifty eight. Can't find it. And then, but he was so flustered and so in. I felt so bad. Mm. I was like, "You're doing a good job. It's your first day. You're doing an all right job." And then he proceeded to give me the hardest of hard sells to try to like show his boss that he could like i belong here so now i'm <laughs> trapped by a guy pressing so hard to get me to overpay for what empty space he wanted you to get a bigger locker yeah he was just like so it was basically saying <laughs> like now that we're here at 2488 yeah, yeah, i'd like yeah. to tell you about 3599 <laughs> i wanted to 
And then it's that point, you know, when those, you have those thoughts like, what's the worst thing I could do right now? It's like, well, shove this guy in a locker and lock him in there. <laughs> and then, like, r- run out. And then, and then, like, the boss would see me just leaving the, the, the storage yeah. lot and be like, oh, I guess he didn't do the locker. What happened to that guy? <laughs> that new employee? And he's inside going, do, 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 do. It's my first day. How could this be? Like, for him, it would be a thing he'd never forget for the rest of his life. You'll never believe. Like, he'd be telling his grandkids, it was my first day at work, and this guy shoved me in a locker and ran out. So, Julie Klausner, at Julie Klausner on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Star, mm. creator, mm. writer of mm. difficult people on Hulu. Mm. Right? How are you? <laughs> okay. HayesDavenport.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not My dad you. bought it for me. He did? Oh, yeah. It's is sitting he, there. He's squatting on it? Yeah. Is he going <laughs> to like gouge you on it? Like, son, I want $50,000 <laughs> for HayesDavenport.com. He set it up as like a fan, like <laughs> oh, okay. a fake fan page yeah. for me. So it's, but, it's, it's yeah. not like a porn thing. It's one of those that like, just has a yeah. message for me on the front page that says, like, if you like this website. Yeah. Contact. <laughs> your mother. Call this number. And it's like, that's your number. <laughs> Co-host of Hollywood Handbook. Mm. One of the best podcasts going, right, Julie? I liked right? your the Nip Tuck uh, commentary. Yeah, I like how... Um... <laughs> it was like episode four, season eight. It was yeah. the most. I was reading Podmas the other day. Uh, well, what was yesterday. that? Yesterday. Uh, I was talking Podmas. Podmas. What's that? It's like the New Yorker. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like probably the premier uh-huh. mm-hmm. podcast discussion okay. forum on the internet. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. They talk about us every. But like now professional and then. critics, like yeah. professional critics. Yeah. Oh, that's funny because I, I, uh, oh, I heard of that. I used to be in it a lot, and I haven't been. I've been in it twice since the show has come back. Oh, that reminds me that a pox on the AV club, people. I wish a pox falls on all their a plague on all their families. I thought it was that they would have like chicken pox. Is it a pox? Pox? That's how they get it. Is it falls on a part of the pox? A single pox? A part of the pox. I hope they're opening like, ooh, there's books in here, free books, and then just the pox shoots out in their face. Yeah. <laughs> it's a book. It's called the pox, and then they're like, they're like, all right, who wants to review the pox? And then like, and like don't open that. Someone knows. Five someone hands can shut Dan, up on them. Yeah, Dan Fitchett <laughs> opens the thing, and then the pox gets it's him. It's just a like a. A boxing glove on a spring, boing, boing, boing. and it. But it's the boxing glove is like covered, it's covered in with the, like in the powder. Pox. Yeah, yep. the pox. <laughs> when I was Horatio Sands invited me to go to Saturday Night Live a long time ago. He's like, "Hey, why don't you come? We'll get tickets for you in the studio audience." And it was the week that that the Anthrax got sent up. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, "Yeah, well, I guess I can, this is my chance to sit in the studio audience, but." I don't know if I'll die, mm-hmm. like, if there's anthrax in, like, the vents mm-hmm. at 30 Rock. <laughs> like, ah, I'll go. It was worth it. It was worth it. I got to see... Steve Ranazizi. Steve Ranazizi was there. He was host and musical guest. He was guest. hosting, and he was, like, <laughs> so shaken up. Yeah. Right. He had just escaped. Right, and, like, <laughs> he I'm, was, he I'm was the rubble rider. I think he's... At, he was he, the what? He rode the rubble. 
Uh-huh. Dan, remember there was a story of the guy in 9-11 who rode the rubble? I thought that was like a surf song. <laughs> rubble rider. Steve Ranasisi is rubble rider. He's he going to should... have a bad pilot season. <laughs> 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 and this was his big one because the league had just ended. I know. So they I say, know. like, here I come. Yeah. Steve, you're going to be on the market. It's going to be great. His agent's just like, I've been waiting to finally get you out there and show people what Steve... It's like, in a way, it's sad the league is over, but thank God the league is over because now you're (laughs) available for... Yeah, and we're going to get you out there. We're going to do a full court press. What is your (laughs) grown-ups? He's just like, uh, well, I'd really like to... uh... Do like a like a fun family mm-hmm. sitcom, but I would also like for this nine eleven thing to kind of <laughs> fall out of the narrative. Steve the narrative. narrative. Even- <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Is there a way to transition that out of the discussion forever? Hmm. And you know the whole thing. I've talked about this before. If it wasn't for Polly Shore, mm-hmm. Polly Shore was the one who was just like you talked about because <laughs> he bragged in like a bar to Polly Shore. He's what? Is that true? Yeah. Right. Isn't that how it started? Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, because it's part of his show business narrative. It's that he was Polly Shores? No, Steve's. That's like why Right, that's I his mean. claim to fame. And then he was but hanging out at a bar. With Polly Shore? With Polly Shore. Is this true? Yes, it is. And then he and then they did a show together and Polly Shore's like you the guy who did nine you escaped nine eleven, right? And then he was like <laughs> He's like, uh, uh, yeah. Like he, the He's like, well, he, not really. <laughs> the, thing, the thing he bragged at a bar. And what he should have done is said, I don't know what you're talking about, Paulie. He should have just hung him out to dry, made Paulie Shore look crazy that night and been like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You told me, what you told me the story, the story. That guy, Paulie Shore. He really, that's, that's fascinating. He gave Sean the business. Remember on Hollywood oh, Handbook? Oh, I, I, that was iconic. In fact, I think Split Sider <laughs> had a, you know, uh, 36 the, the sly chapter. genius of Polly Shore's appearance on Hollywood Handbook. I think it was, it was not called the, it was, was not it? the sly genius. Was it, it was like the sad, horrifying <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Like it was not a positive. But you thing. know, you, but you knew while you were doing, even though I'm sure you were in terrible pain, that it was going to be something that people loved, right? Or you couldn't even think that far. I don't think in the moment that's, that, that's <laughs> what we were thinking at all. He was giving us the wrap it up signal all the, whole the way, time. all the way through the thing. When Paulie Shore was um, a guest on your show. Yes. He clearly yeah. had no idea what the show it was. was. Well, we were amazing. briefing him. We were briefing him on it beforehand. And then uh, he said during the interviews, like my publicist, <laughs> like he just yeah. like. And when uh, and we were describing the show to him, he was like, "Okay, well, what if I just got up and left?" He like said during that. the thing, or like as like, like it would be funny threat. or no? Oh, I oh, think, oh, like what okay. would you know? What would happen? I guess I would just be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my my what, favorite part. What happens when people leave? <laughs> my favorite my favorite part of that interview is not when he said like a homophobic terrible thing and yeah. sean like completely went with it yeah yes ended his like yeah. his unique hate hatefulness yeah. but um but when they when you guys played the popcorn gallery song and he said hey Polly, do you like that and he goes i i don't know like current stuff <laughs> <laughs> he was like i'm not up on pop culture and you're yeah. like that- <laughs> Ran Azizi, you're coming back, buddy. 
Oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm buying low on this guy. Ran his EC. Sure, I think that's this is a good time to get in. Yeah, mm-hmm. because when this guy, when this guy pulls a Robert Downey Jr. Yep. and is pulling that twenty million a movie when he plays Iron Man, when he takes over the Iron Man role, <laughs> when when RDJ hands the the mask over, mm-hmm. and he's like hands over the Whopper, he hands over the black Whopper. All I remember was. How about, eating these that black hamburger. <laughs> How about these Whoppers? How about these? Anybody see these black Whoppers? Can you imagine eating a black Whopper? No. It's, the, it's like the bun is soaked in A1 sauce. Mike, <laughs> Mike how... would you eat a black Whopper? What? Yeah, I'll pay you 30 bucks. How about that? We'll get next week. I'll give you 30 bucks if you eat a black Whopper. That's where the show's at now. <laughs> Will I get any money for it? I can't wait. I'm shutting this whole operation down. Why don't you guys pick what you want in the room? <laughs> Everybody just pick. Take one thing. This is the final best show. Pick it. You want the board? Who calls dibs on the board? Um, I went to burger, to McDonald's, right, because they had breakfast every day. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is how dumb. I, we're just you like, were suckered into the yeah. idea of getting. I haven't like eaten a... that garbage breakfast in years. <laughs> yeah. But just because it was available after 10 a.m., I'm yeah. just like, oh, I yeah. got to <laughs> get in on that. Took almost a half hour at night for them to get me an egg McMuffin that I pulled the meat off of almost a half hour. And the woman said to me, it's taking a long time. I know it's taking a long time. That's because we're cooking the eggs. And she said, that's because we're cooking the eggs and we're toasting the Mc- the muffin. I'm like, that's all there is to do on this thing. It's right. like, that can't be some wrinkle that got thrown at you. Just like, if only the eggs <laughs> and the muffin part of this. Thing. It's like, that's, there's no other part to When it. you picked out the meat, was there a raccoon right there ready to catch it yeah, in the parking lot? Do they know you? Like when you walk <laughs> out there, of McDonald's? Is there a raccoon wearing the, like a baseball the, glove and like a catcher <laughs> position? It's like, oh, I know this guy. He drops the meat. <laughs> well, considering that I don't eat, I don't eat, I don't have a TV and I don't eat at oh. fast food places like McDonald's. No, I have a TV. I love a TV, right? I think... I have a TV means different now than it did when it meant I don't watch TV. Because I think yeah, that's what, that's the way sure. people being like, oh, I watch TV. I just don't have a TV. Well, what they're saying is I have a worse TV, and it's called my laptop. I have a Roku. Right? Like my, I don't have a nice TV. I have a terrible TV, <laughs> and it's also the thing I do my work on as well. Is a well. Roku like, box? I have a smaller, dirtier TV. <laughs> <laughs> I have a TV. <laughs> I have a TV with like fingerprints and, yeah. and, and yeah. hair like, on the screen. And like crumbs yeah. on the yeah. bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't reach the crumbs. Yeah. Well, you know when you're watching TV and then like messages from work pop up on it and yes. other things. Yeah. Like, that's how my TV works. It's like I'll be watching TV and then like a little email pops up in the corner of my TV. Yeah. Let's me know. Yeah, I don't eat I don't eat that often at McDonald's, but that holy that egg McMuffin was super disgusting, and I was just like, "What made me think it was going to be any different just because it was at night?" Like, oh boy, this this is delicious at night. It's like, like unmelted cheese, like no pride, no pride. 
you also kind of probably want to wait until the the growing pains of oh, like shifting yeah. Yeah, wait the for, food wait schedule, for the, like, like, the, like the storage. When the food the storage goes, guy wasn't yeah, when in, the food you know. goes in and out of the freezer is mm-hmm. like fully clarified. Oh yeah, they, they you're an early adapter to <laughs> to the whole thing. I'll tell you this: there mm-hmm. were people at that thing, not lined up, but there were definitely people there just like trying on the the breakfast for size yeah. at night. I was not alone in that. But look at that Chick-fil-A on, what's that, on like 38th Street? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a line outside. That. I went past this morning. It was like, it was like at, at 10, quarter it's, after it's 10, there novel, were people lined it's up. novelty. Yeah. It's like if there's like a Piggly Wiggly on 14th Street, it would, you yeah. know, there'd be a line around the corner. Just because there's one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember there was like a, a, in my town, like a white castle opened up and it was like, you guys know there's one. 20 minutes down the highway. Why is it, why are people lined? It's like, oh, the burgers are here. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, it's not like we're in the, right. like we're in the country and the, and the, and the, the well, medicine and like shows. The, the, well, yeah. the Wells Fargo yeah. wagon yeah. rolls oh, into town. Here it comes. Look at, look at salt and nice, nice <laughs> fabric. Right? For you. You can make, a, like, you can make a dress out of the fabric. Like no, it's white. People come in selling their burgers too. (laughs) White Castle. Oh, like it's a country fair. Like it's yeah, like like, it's a swap meet. Yeah, people go to the White Castle with a basket of their burgers and ask them to take (laughs) them. Can I sell my burgers here? Hey, Mike. Seriously, next week we'll set this uh, Black Whopper thing up. Okay. What's that? Oh, I, I, don't worry. I know there's a Burger King nearby. I'm not. I'm not doubting the availability of these things. Are you worried at all that that it'll be haunted? The Black Whopper will be haunted. Like you're eating a ghost, basically. Does that worry you, Mike? It's not pumpernickel. It's not, it's pumpernickel. not pumpernickel. No. <laughs> what would make you think Burger King would just be like, well, let's up the quality. Of this. <laughs> you need a black bun. Like at Burger King, they're like. All right, what about a black bun for this thing? Should we do like a high-grade uh, bun with it? A bread? We're like, well, now nah, let's soak it in A1 sauce. <laughs> Which is not really black. No, it's kind of brown. It's like, brown. A, it's like an ox blood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an ox. Yes, that's the color of A1 sauce. That would be a smart form for venom to take. If venom is like trying to inhabit people's bodies now, it must be very easy for him. You mean the the, the venom Spider Man's yeah, Spider-Man's suit, space uh, rival, the alien that yeah becomes uh, he's a symbiote, a suit, yeah, right? Symbiote? How do you say it, Julie? What you know, Spider Man, Venom, you know what we're talking about here, Symbalta. right? Symbalta. Yeah. <laughs> the phone number is two zero one. Three three two three four eight four. I'm here with Julie Klausner and Hayes Davenport. Julie is uh, the star of Difficult People. You can watch season one is up on Hulu right now. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not taking it down. No, no, it's up. But there will not be a season two. True or false? <laughs> That's false. That's false. There will be a season two. You worked on season two. I did a little bit. Yeah. When will that film? In December. Oh, it's a good time. That's good filming weather. <laughs> the best. That's good because then it's like, Cold. hey, th- hey, the camera's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. When you and Billy Eichner are doing all your your, Acting. your fun walk and talks, and it's a lot it's of walk and talks. Going to the set. There was one time I went to the set mm-hmm. and it had snowed so much 
recently and you guys are like <laughs> and then you need to like, like action you're like what's the deal with mr bubble <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it's like i'm cut you're like because <laughs> <laughs> they come over with like they have you know those warming those packets that you break and then mm-hmm. you put on your gloves and they're right mm-hmm. up against your skin and yeah like camping stuff they yeah. give you and just to try but you cuz you have to dress as if it's not the dead of winter it's like yeah. some amorphous new york mm-hmm. almost like late fall is yeah. how you're dressing but sure. it was mid january yeah, after that enormous snowstorm mm-hmm. and and you guys are just like <laughs> it was you guys were very cold <laughs> Let's see. Uh, and now Hayes Davenport, yeah. Hollywood Handbook, yeah. on the Earwolf Network, mm-hmm. compatriot of other shows like... Don Pardo's Funny Don... All the Time. <laughs> Don Pardo's yeah. funny, funny All, all the, time. the Time. Yeah, You hear that, Podmass? And look, Podmass, don't lump Hayes in with my thing. I'm cooked already. I know you guys don't want me anymore. <laughs> Hollywood handbook. They're not. Is your they, new they're, thing. No, we're yeah, we're in there all the time. You what know, do they say about you? What, well, what I was they, they they enjoyed the the Nip Tuck episode, but um, they assumed that this was an episode where we just did a commentary track for an episode uh-huh. of Nip Tuck, and but they assumed that a guest had canceled, and it was like a last second thing, but it was actually something we'd been planning to do for but, but for a long time. Like that part of that recap where it's like, this is what probably happened yeah, behind like, the scenes, and they don't know what they're talking. They're speculating about. like you're assuming a lot by say like that you would send your pox package to like to like their office mm-hmm. and it would like they yeah. would like all be there instead uh-huh. of like 15 different coffee shops yeah. <laughs> but yeah. i'm looking i'm i'm picturing them doing one of the, like their things where they're just like we got pumpkin oreos and we're doing a taste yeah. test yeah or hey uh beach house <laughs> is coming through beach house is going to play a, a stick song you know, in like our, they, in our, like near our vending machine. Yeah, yeah. Our, I love the AV Club, but oh yeah, I'm coming for you. you gotta, <laughs> I'm coming for you, all. You gotta love I'm it. I'm going into full fight mode. Everybody who was who was signed off on before now has to re with this show. Every, nobody's cool with me anymore. Right now, the only two people who are cool with the best show are Julie and Hayes. Oh wow, that's it. We're starting over. It's war with anybody who talks into a microphone. Which podcaster could uh, – who would be the toughest podcaster in a fist fight? Straight uh-huh. up fist fight. Who would be like the – it would be Joe Rogan. Would he like beat all people in fights? I would like to have a physical fight with Gilbert Godfrey. Because <laughs> I think he'd, he'd, he'd bite. It would be fun. Hello, podcasters. <laughs> I would it's like Gilbert Godfrey. I like his podcast. I do too. I think I like it's it funny. I think it probably is Joe Rogan, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say Jake Fogelness, so like maybe he would fight Joe Rogan at some point. So you want to see... That's like a cage, you know, get in the, the octagon. <laughs> Joe wanna... Rogan and Jake Fogelness. <laughs> if we're doing some sort of like like tour, like tour March Madness chart, you want to see yeah. like Jake pull some weird upset <laughs> in a bracket to where suddenly it's just like, he's like, who am I fighting? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh no! You know who I could beat, like hands down, who? is the guy from the mental illness. Uh, Happy hour. Yeah, him. Mm-hmm. Who's that? I don't know. Paul you think something. You could beat him. I'm trying yeah. to think who I could beat. 
Mike, who could I beat up in podcasting? Who? Hodgman. Hodgman. I think I could knock Hodgman out. I'm going to say that. Look, I, I love him, but when, when these podcast things go down, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I think he, I think I could handle him. Hardwick, no. I think Hardwick, uh, Wiley. Doesn't he seem like one of those guys that, like, you challenge him to a fight and he'd be like, okay, and then he'd take off his shirt and he has, like, 16 abs and, like, <laughs> just a oh, it's bizarrely <laughs> weird. Like, I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, slapping it. He's, like, he's, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no, he's going to murder me. <laughs> Jonah Ray, I could beat up, right? Yes. Sean and Hayes from Hollywood Handbook versus another podcast duo. Who's another duo? Duos. Paul Shear would beat me up. Ron and mm-hmm. Beverly would beat up Sean and Hayes. You think sure. so? Mm-hmm. Who's a podcast duo? Why can't I think of anybody? They're um, the Who Charted guys. Okay. Howard is a pretty big, strong guy. Uh-huh. So, Howard Kramer. Yeah. And Kulop. And Kulop. <laughs> Which one? Sean versus Hayes. Who takes Howard Kramer on? Sean. 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 Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> no doubt. Is this good, Mike? Okay. Yes. Hold on one second. I'm being told. I'm being told I have a guest on the line. We have. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We have a director on the line, a super fancy director. His name is Rob Hatch Miller, and he's the director of the Sill Johnson documentary. Yes, Hi, Tom. Are you? Hi, Rob. Yes. How are you? I'm good. I, this is my first time calling into the the new and improved best show. It is you. I know you. You used to run the, the what was called what the rest show. Is that what people call that, it? It was. It started off as Man and Wacky Man. Man and Wacky Man, which where it was you, Rob Hatchmiller, paired with Wally Wacky Man. Everybody's favorite. Rest in puppet. peace. Right? R.I.P. Rest in puppetry. <laughs> he's he's not with us anymore, Wally Wacky Man. He passed away. Natural I didn't causes, hear about natural, that. Natural causes. Sorry to hear. It's sad. It's sad, but to everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season. So you did that. Then yes. it was called, people started calling it, the, it would be, if there was a show I could not make, and then uh, you guys would fill in and it would be you and Mike and and the crew. And yeah, a variety of whoever was willing to show up last yeah. minute. Yes. Uh, some people called it the Hatch Patch. The Hatch Patch. It wasn't, wasn't crazy about that name. No, but you didn't like the but, Hatch Patch. I did not, but you know, sounds like the the Secret Garden or something like that. That show with Paula and Magic Magic Garden. But it was like yes, but it was the Hatch Patch makes it sound like like there were puppets on it. Actually, actually, Hatch Patch should have been the name of Man and Wacky Man should have been there. Were that? It's true. Like, hey, I'm going to the Hatch Patch now, and we got Wally Wackyman pops up from behind a bush. Hey. hey, Rob. <laughs> hey, how's it going? But again, That's I don't want to make... soon to be doing that. It is. I don't want to make fun of the deceased. I'm so sorry that Wally Wackyman 
passed away. It's sad. I did not have a chance to do a full eulogy for him yet. We're going to do a special three-hour Best Show tribute to one of the greats, the late, great Wally West. I'm just All I'm doing is staring at Twitter waiting for him to flip out. That's, that's the only reason I'm saying this stuff. It's for, I'm still alive! <laughs> Wally, you're still alive. I know. I love you, Wally. We all love you. You felt bastard. Right? You purple bastard. Nobody live tweets SNL better than Wally Wacky. Yes. Nobody burns every cast member of SNL, holds them to a higher standard than Wally Wackyman, holding them, wanting to know why, uh, uh, why, why wanting to know why the uh, attention teachers and students <laughs> sketch uh, seems to be going on a little too long. Now, Rob Hatch Miller. You've now um, left behind the microphone, and and in in its place, you've donned the the monocle and the bullhorn and the 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 cap that a director wears. Because yes, you directed this documentary, and I've seen this documentary. It's called Sill Johnson: Colon, right? Colon. There's a colon. Punctuation. Yes. Anyway, the wind blows, which is the name of the song that he sang. Yes, and this movie is really great. It's about the R and B singer, Sil Johnson, and his, how his uh, his uh, his kind of like he kind of it's like his battle to make it in his career and his battle with himself. I think much much like you, Tom. He could he's a man who could not win. Oh, he couldn't win. Oh, don't tell me. Oh. <laughs> You're going to end up making that movie next. Well. The best, Tom Sharpling, Everything Must Go. <laughs> right? It'll just be me with everything on a blanket. Not on it's Saint about Mark's the... Place. And that already nope, is a movie. The so they, <laughs> yeah. They sue you. Everything on a blanket. I get sued by <laughs> Will Ferrell's lowest grossing <laughs> movie. And that shuts my my dock down. Now, this movie, you've been working on this for how many years now, Rob? It's been almost six years oh God. since the first thing we shot for it. Oh, and now this movie, finally. <gasps> is that your was cat? Is that a kitty? That is was that my goose? cat, Goose. Is that Goose? Yeah, she is had to get uh, right up against uh, the phone. Is Goose on the loose? She is on the loose. The goose is a cat, correct? That's correct. Yes. The goose. Hi, Hadge. Hi, Julie. Hi, Hayes. Hi, Hadge. How are you? I, I, I'm doing well, thank you. This is good radio. Sil Johnson, <laughs> any way the wind blows. Six years ago, you started working on Now, finally, finally, it is done. It is done. It's hard to believe. When we, when we uh, finished the color correction and posted the file online i was uh i didn't really know what to do it's a strange feeling to have worked on something that long and to now now it's now people are going to have a chance to see it. where can people see it and when and where the film premieres this sunday night in chicago at the chicago film festival oh. uh it's playing in downtown chicago i believe it's close to sold out but i believe there are some tickets left 
All right. And uh, you can go to our website, philjohnsonmovie.com, if you want to get some of the last tickets. All right. Uh, Sunday night at, I think, 7.15, if I'm not mistaken, in downtown Chicago. I'll be there in person along with the other filmmakers and Phil Johnson and uh, some people who are featured in the movie, like the guys from Numero Group, who that mm-hmm. show listeners know they put out the great Sharpling and Worcester box set. That's true. They put out the Phil Johnson box set. Two of the all-time a- best box sets. They are fantastic. My top three Numero Group releases, Best Show box set, Phil Johnson box set, Purple Snow box set. That's the oh, Minneapolis love it. Prince music scene box I, set. I like that one album they put out by the dude who sings songs about motorcycles, but he sounds like Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> I don't think I have that one. It's pretty good. It sounds like if Jim Gaffigan recorded an <laughs> album about being in a motorcycle gang. I'm going to have to figure out what that one is. I don't know what it was called. I <laughs> listened to it. I liked it a lot. So now this documentary, Sil Johnson, Any Way the Wind Blows, this Sunday, the world this, premiere. That's correct. Sunday night, there's still some tickets left. We're also going to have a free after party at the Virgin Hotel in downtown Chicago on Sunday night with the Numero Group guys DJing. Who knows? Maybe Sil will come out and party afterwards. I have no idea what's going to happen there. There's no guarantees because he's bonkers. Sil he Johnson. is a character. He is. He's great. He's like, he's like the. Would you say he's like the Wally Wackyman of R and B? Is there <laughs> any comparison to make there? No. I would have to think about that a little bit more before I committed to the description. Now, where else can people see this movie, Rob Hatchmiller? Where else? After we're Chicago. also well, we're also showing it on Saturday, uh, Saturday October twenty fourth in Chicago. Mm-hmm. If uh, Sunday nights doesn't work out for anybody out there in Chicago, uh, and then we're showing it in Memphis, Tennessee, home of High Records, where Phil and Al Green recorded a lot of their best music. Um, that's on November eighth. At 4 p.m., that's at the Indie Memphis Film Festival, which is a great film festival. They showed the Big Star documentary a few years ago. Lots of other good stuff. They're showing um, tons of great films this year. We're really excited about it. Uh, We're working on putting together an event with Phil after the show on November 8th. Uh, Can't really tell the details of that yet since it's not set in stone, but that's looking like... Something exciting will happen after the film screening in Memphis. And then uh, tomorrow we'll be announcing that uh, there will be two screenings right here in New York City in November. That's all That's all I'm allowed to say. Okay. But, wow. So, so Chicago, Memphis, and New York. That's correct. And then more places to come after that. People can find the movie on Twitter at Sil Johnson Movie or uh, Facebook.com slash Sil Johnson Movie. Or just go to the website, Sol Johnson Movie, and we'll be posting news of all the cities that it's coming to uh, coming to play in. Awesome. And I look, I've seen the movie. It's great. It's a really fantastic story, and you, you did such a, a fantastic job telling a great story. Congratulations on finishing uh, something that you spent so many years working on, and people are going to love it. Thank so- you. Wasn't RZA great in it? Rizza from the Wu Tang Clan yes, is in the movie. Yes, is so good. It's a he's he's really uh, he's uh, he's awesome. 
I love the Rizzo. He's not. He's not in a lot of documentaries. No. So. And he's in this. He's in the. He's only yeah. in this and the documentary about the late great Wally Wackerman, the Rizza. <laughs> talked about how he considered Wally Wackerman to be the. After Capadonna, he considered him to be the the tenth Wu Tang member, and he's not with us anymore. I'm all, Why won't he get mad on Twitter? Why can't he? He must not be. This is so infuriating. Is he actually he's dead? Not, he, well, maybe that's why. What would that be? Oh, oh no, God! You know what that would make me do? It would make me realize I got some power. And I'm going to start using it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, what if I heard after that? Put like seven times yeah. more poxes. You're like sphere. You're. Like, it's like you are in the sphere. Was that the? No, that's Torque. I was going to say the movie. What was no, that's Ice Cube played Torque. Remember that movie? Peter Torque. Yeah, he was in the Peter Torque story. <laughs> Ice Cube. He was like, remember when Peter Torque was arguing with that Coors Light can when they were recording? And he was like, my head is like a shark's fin. They were recording Peter Percival's pet pig pet Porky. Pig, pig, pop, pop, pop. He wears the beanie. That was LL Cuban, that, that green beanie. <laughs> that, oh, I guess that was Michael that Nesmith. Was but Michael they just, Nesmith. But, well, they got we it wrong. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Well, the movie, it's the movie's mistake. Yeah. It's the movie's mistake. But I'll say this. A, Wally Wackerman's still alive. Did he just tweet? He did not. Well, I believe he's still alive. B, different. he was not a member of... The RZA has no idea who Wally Wackerman is. That was <laughs> I made that up. C. Mm. This is, watch this one. C. The Sil Johnson movie. C. It's the letter C, but it's actually the word C. C. If I was in L.A., the movie's not in L.A., but if I was, it was in L.A., this is what I would do. I would see the movie with some C's candy. I would go to the C's candy store on La Cienega, uh-huh. and then I'd sneak a box of... I don't think it's an L.A.-specific candy. But oh, it is. <laughs> the store, but the, oh, the, it's, it's the made it? Oh, it's a specialty. The chocolate factory is there on La You're going to want to go to the C's yeah. star. Yeah. You can't get C's out here. No. Please. Not at the, at the mall. You can't kiosk? really no. get one of those garbage clusters. <laughs> no. One of those... <laughs> Yeah. One of those. It's got just mo- it's mostly glucose. You ever go in the C store? No. I've I been did. to the the airport like yeah, <laughs> the, the little the, the kiosk. Little, the little the little wagon that's it's, set it's, up it's in like Hudson News. Sometimes it's just a like a bookshelf they got at IKEA and they put the they're like I'm selling them and, and no one told them to leave. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll have one of these on the plane. 2 pounds of chocolate? Yeah, I think I can knock this off on one flight. And then I'm just like <laughs> Then I get off the plane. You know what I do? Mm. Go right to Wally Wackman's grave <laughs> <laughs> and lay some flowers down. No, he's alive. What, how did this terrible rumor start that he died, Mike? It's in Hollywood forever. It's like yeah. that one that Johnny Ramone has. <laughs> it's like a it's full a giant statue. It's a giant statue of Wally Wackman. <laughs> Mike, I'm commissioning you now on, to investigate where this spurious rumor started that Wally Wackerman is dead. And I don't I want you to leave no stone unturned. Okay? Find out who started this and you let me know. I want to report on my desk. What's that? You will asking about money again. This guy with the money. Well can I get money for eating a black whopper? Can I get money for doing the report? Yeah you'll get money. I'll give you four grand for doing the report. Okay? You happy? I'll give you a check for four grand. 
Does that make you happy? You money grubber. Right? This guy with the money. He's got more money than God. He wants to know where all the money is. It's always the guys with all the money want more of it. The rich get richer. The poor get the picture. Um, the words of who? Peter Garrett from Midnight Oil. Um, so the Sil Johnson documentary, Anyway the Wind Blows. Is Peter Garrett <laughs> related to Brad Garrett? I want to talk about that so of, badly right now. They're like, but, they're kind of the same type. Out where the river blows. Oh. The sun red and the red hell out. Right? Now say something Peter. you would say to Ray Romano. How? What's that? Now do okay. him talking to Ray. So they would be like yep. the Garrett family. Yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving would be like, please pass the cranberry sauce. And he'd be like, hey, you want me to pass the cranberry sauce? <laughs> I'll pass you the cranberry sauce. I'll tell you Raymond. I don't know why Raymond wants me to pass the cranberry sauce. Nobody, nobody with the cranberry sauce. <laughs> Why is this guy always asking me to pass the cranberry sauce? Mom always likes to pass the cranberry <laughs> I would like some dark meat. <laughs> Please pass the turkey. I don't want him to pass the turkey. Sill Johnson, any way the wind blows, is going to be. There we go. There we go. It comes all the way back. Somebody's saying it's a callback. It is a callback. It was the <laughs> most scenic route to get back. In all seriousness, this movie's great. I hope everybody in Chicago goes to see it, and Memphis and New York. Go to at Sill Johnson Movie on Twitter to get more information. Yes, and look out for the New York screening announcement tomorrow. And we're also going to put out a new trailer for the movie later this week. I love it. I can't. Congratulations, yeah. Rob. It's really exciting. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much. It was great to call in, and I can't wait to call back to the new show again. All right. I can't wait till you do it, too. And love, to Paloma, love to Paloma, too. Yes. Oh, she sends it back. Goose says bye, Julie, and bye, Hayes. Okay. Thanks, Paloma. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Paloma. I met her. No, you did, but somebody's saying that Wally Wackman ate a black whopper, and <laughs> that's why he's, he he died eating a black whopper. <laughs> I hope that's not true. Out where yes! the river blows. <laughs> oh, no. Julie's knocking a bulletin board off the wall. Who was it doing this thing? The Raymond. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do here. He's always so mad at his brother, right? Right? And in this universe, I guess that's that's Peter. Hey, why are you mad at me? Why? I'm just trying to get... Who's the bald guy? <laughs> Who invited the bald guy to Thanksgiving dinner? He gets up like a guest starring role of the show. He had an arc. Uh, yeah. 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 Like my boy, uh, like Kindler. Kindler had an uh, arc on, uh, on Raymond, right? Who is this? Who's on the line, Mike? Oh, the guy at the clown motel. Do you know about Hello? this, Julie Christopher? I do. I heard last yeah. week. It's, it's, it's terrifying. Christopher? Yes. We spoke to you last week. 
True. He didn't have a good reason, right? It was like a dare, or he just thought it would be well, it's funny. A, yeah. it's, a, it's a cry for help. <laughs> yeah, you, it's all those. You are, uh, you are, are you at the clown motel right now? I am. I'm in my room. And where, what, the clown motel is where? It's in Tonopah, Nevada. And it's the scary, you're doing this why again? You're staying at this place for a month straight. Yeah. Why? Um, you, I did not get a clear uh, answer on why. Because you did a yeah, Kickstarter? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a good reason. I just uh, put up a Kickstarter, and I figured if it happened, then it, then I would go do it. And if it didn't, then I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And it happened. So here I am. Here we are. And how is it going? Yep. What happened in the past week? How many more? You have, you have three more weeks there? Two more weeks? Two more weeks. This is my official uh, halfway mark today. And how are you holding up? I'm okay. Like, uh, I've been, you know, um, I've had some friends come to visit and uh, making a lot of phone calls. So uh, I'm feeling better about things. What's the scariest person you've seen walking by? Uh, there's a guy named Jeff who uh, who lives, I guess, behind the Clown Motel. He has a little sort of encampment set up, um, and he comes out every three to four days and swears at everybody um, and kind of stalks around, and then he, he goes back to his his hole. So he pops out of his little, little what does he have, a little camper or something? No, it's like a lean-to or something. It's like I haven't seen it. There's a lot of weird sheds behind the Clam Motel, and I'm not sure what's in them, and I think he lives amongst those. What's the end game here, Christopher? What what are yeah. you looking to do? A movie? A, a, a book? What What are you looking to get out of this? Uh, no, I, I promised to write a book about it at the end. Like that was the the thing that uh, I promised. So I'm going to do that. And you know, otherwise, the goal is to get out of here in two weeks. <laughs> so you made a mess to clean up a mess. Yeah. You're like an angel of of you're like one of those those nurses that like pull pull a tube out of somebody and then rush in and you're like a fireman who starts a fire to be the first one at a fire. He's like Morgan Spurlock. He is like yes. well, you're like the Morgan Spurlock of clown motels. You better what if what if Morgan Spurlock was listening and suddenly he's like, "Where's this clown motel?" He's, he's already like, there. He's get, already in the room. Yeah, get, get my crew. <laughs> he's standing right behind Christopher with a garrote. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No, Sorry, buddy. I, I've heard much worse things. Doc business is a bitch. Time to die. <laughs> Time to die. I'll drain you out in the bathroom. <laughs> this doc business is rough. And then he's like, hey, it's me, Morgan Spurlock. I'm here spending 30 days in. The clown motel. Yep. This room's so creepy. There's a dead body in the. <laughs> and he makes like he just discovered your body. Oh my god, a dead body! Oh no! And his, but his hands were already like bloody when he's like. <laughs> and they bring back the vegan girlfriend from the movies, where she's like, "Morgan, oh, she's the best. I don't what know about this thing. one." Yeah. <laughs> Morgan, this thing. What are you doing? This thing we're gonna profit off of for yeah. the next 15 years. Stop it! Stop it! What are you doing? When he ordered that 
bur- what did he order a Whopper every you know, Big Mac? And if they told him to super, if they asked him to supersize it, he would say, "Yeah, I'll do it." And then, and then remember, he did that documentary, and then McDonald's crumbled, and yeah, and the whole fast food industry collapsed. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and now we only have everyone eats healthy, to eat. right? And you can only get drive-through salads at mm-hmm. places now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he drove the ho- he brought down just. Bad food. Yeah. He ended it. Yeah. And he made a lot more huge movies. Yeah. he. <laughs> and then he went and he's like. It's kind of crazy to think that that was his start. Because he was like. Because. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? It's so crazy. Well, he was like. Uh, it's like remembering Woody Allen was a stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. I was a stand-up. <laughs> I don't know why people think I stand up. A moose. A moose. A moose. The moose was alive. Jerky. Hates me. Saul Rosenberg. Like, he's like the line between, <laughs> hey, jer- jerky boys, Saul Rosenberg, and, yeah. and a bad Woody Allen impression is like, yeah. it's the same thing. Uh-huh. It's anti-Semitic, right? Uh-huh. The jerky boys guy, that's anti-Semitic. I always thought they were Italian, <laughs> like anti-Italian, no? Johnny B. Yeah. The one guy was Johnny B, and the other guy was Kamal, mm-hmm. who was it like was just the, ra- It was just racist, like overarching, yeah? yeah Do you was, think it's possible that Woody Allen is a non-Jewish person mm-hmm. who was caught doing a very offensive <laughs> impression and then just had to make it his life? So mm-hmm. in like 1961, yeah. yes. he, was, he was like, mm-hmm. first day on your show of shows, <laughs> he's just like, He's like, yeah, I can't stand these. these <laughs> yeah, I can't stand these Jewish people. Here's yeah. my watch. Hey, they do the thing, and then like somebody's like, they walk like Sid Caesar like, walked in. They're like, he's hey, like, want a promotion, kid? And then he just he's like, I guess he goes home. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still doing that voice when I'm at the office. So I got to do that thing. And next thing, you move. 58 years later, he's still doing it. That's the funniest thing ever, that he's just trapped. He can't get out of it. Yeah. Now. yeah. I just want a moose. A moose. Right? Get the lobster back in the tank. Remember? You sound like Andrew Dice Clay's wife. Yeah. yeah, there's a little of that. I should do, and I'm pitching this right now to Howl, mm. the premium podcast network. It's a podcast called Dinner mm. with Tom mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of his crazy friends. <laughs> and it'll be me like, well, we're all here at dinner. Who's here with us today? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see over at the end of the table, it's the Garretts, Brad and Peter. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Out where the river blows. And then then it's like, oh, who else is at the table? Oh, it's Woody Allen and Johnny B from the Jerky Boys doing his Saul Rosenberg impression. A moose. Hey, it's me, Saul Rosenberg. Hey, Jerky. Imagine when you got, when those guys were at the end of the run, when it just like, yeah. when it was all like big business. And then it's a, they must have just been like, uh, you probably got contacted, like, hey, the congratulations, the Jerky Boys are going to prank you. Uh, mm-hmm. 
We're going to just – like Some you, bullet points. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. uh, we're patching you through now. Uh, like yeah. you get a call and it's just like yeah. beep, beep. Yeah, it's okay. We're going to patch them through in uh, 15 seconds. How's the signal? How's the line sound? It's like, good, okay. Three, <laughs> two. Hey, it's me. I need to get a – I need my car fixed, jerky. <laughs> like, and it just, it's all staged. Just And we're on in three. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's roll that again. You kind of you kind of flubbed that line there, uh, Johnny. Let's get a couple pickups. Yeah, let's get some pickups, but we got to keep this guy in the line for tone. Uh, all right, just call him jerky three times and go crazy on the third one. Just go nuts on the third jerky. Yeah. And Kumal and Johnny B haven't seen each other for like yeah. <laughs> two years. They're just like yeah, they're just just emailing <laughs> once in a while. They email each other. Did some stuff like. Those emails are not verbose. No, just kind of like uh, it's not like yeah. a paragraph or two. That movie though was good though. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Jerky Boys movie? I know I missed it. Do you know who directed it? Paul Thomas. Anderson. It was Paul Thomas Anderson. It was it was a yeah. it was called the Jerky Boys movie. Then they changed the name to Heart Eight. Heart Eight. <laughs> it was. <laughs> they didn't think it was as marketable, mm-hmm. and and it was. Uh, mm. It was Alan Arkin, because Alan Arkin's actually in the movie. He plays a mob boss, and he's like, yeah. who keeps calling me? These guys, like, it's the dumbest movie ever, where they're just like, like, we're going to, let's keep pranking this mob guy. It's so, I need to watch that movie. That just yeah. shows watch that Watch it right now. I don't, that, you know what that movie shows? Mm. I still got a puncher's chance in this career, because- sure. Any dumb thing they'll throw money at if they think, like, the idea that there's a jerk, that's at some point at a studio, someone's like, yeah, we could do this thing. The Chester the Cheetah movie. <laughs> Chester the... You know what it tells me? Hmm. It's an AP Mike movie, hmm. right? Mike, what do you think about that? A movie about you. What? You want to see it? No, I want you in it. Oh, you wouldn't go see it. You wouldn't see about it. You wouldn't see a movie if it was called Lord of Bayonne, right? What if it was called Mad Mike? Mad Mike Bayonne Road, right? Like Abel Ferrara genre. Kind we'll get of. Abel Ferrara to direct it. Yeah. It'll be Mike driving his. It'll be you driving all around Bayonne, right? With white face paint all over. <laughs> like we'll spray paint you silver. Mad Mike Fury Sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and, but how, seriously, Howell, if you're listening to this, dinner with Tom and a whole bunch of his crazy Crazy. friends. Yeah. Is Ron Perlman there? Ron Perlman. What's Ron Perlman sound like again? (laughs) his character yeah because all i kept thinking of was rock it was sylvester stallone in cobra when he's like yeah this is where the law stops and i start (laughs) (laughs) that'd be a fun a fun podcast right hey you hear the new dinner with tom then you crazy and a bunch of his crazy and a bunch of his crazy friends yeah that's when the av club will come out they'll be like yeah do you think we can review your the podcast again? 
I'm sorry. Mrs. Dice Clay. Yeah, Mrs. Dice Clay. <laughs> uh, you dunce. <laughs> you dunce. So, Chris. Yes. Are you scared at all at night at this uh, clown motel? Yeah, nights nights aren't great. Uh, daytime is fine. But, uh, yeah, it gets a, you know extra creepy at night. When you see that sun going down, are you just like, uh-oh? <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I, I've made a ritual now where I go um, and sit by the uh, the old uh, graveyard next to the clown motel and watch the sunset, and that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Be safe. That's all. Like I said it last week. I'll say it this week. Be safe. I will. All right, buddy. Hey, call me all next right. week, please. Will do. All right, bye. My okay. friends, can I just say one thing, please? Your season-long fantasy football team may be going strong, but you don't have to wait until week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test every week this season at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. With one-week fantasy, there are no season-long commitments. Got an injured player? No problem. It's like a new season every week. You're never stuck with the same players. And get this, DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. That means you could turn your love of football into the payday of a lifetime. Just pick your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. Believe me, you've never experienced football like this. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. This is the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code BEST, B-E-S-T, BEST, and play for free with your first deposit in this Sunday's $1 million fantasy football contest where first place Takes home a hundred grand. Enter best for free f- entry now. Only at DraftKings.com. 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 What was that, Hayes? You were going to say? I was going to tell a story about the movie Cobra. Yes, I went to this Writers Guild thing. It was a screening of Beverly Hills Cop, which I'm not, I'm not okay. crazy about that movie, but I went uh-huh. to go see it. And the writers were talking afterwards, mm-hmm. and they said that back in those days, everything, every script that was ever made had to like go through Sylvester Stallone. So mm-hmm. they wrote the script for Beverly Hills Cop and they were like, Sylvester Stallone, do you want to do this movie? Because it was like kind of going to be like this hard-nosed yeah. thriller for a while. Yeah. And so they take it to, St- to Stallone and he says, yeah, I'll do it. But uh, <laughs> it's got to be, the guy's name has to be Cabretti. <laughs> his nickname is Cobra. <laughs> And then when and they, they said, said, okay, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's awful. Yeah. Uh, so this was a dream. He dreamed for a long time of doing a movie about wow. a guy whose name was Cabretti and yeah. uh, the movie was going to be I called I like that he was trying to shoehorn that into everything that <laughs> yeah. came. Like, And he did it. <laughs> he yeah. got his yeah. wish. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get my wish this past week. What was that wish? Oh, that wish was to get into the Billy on the Street after party for the season <laughs> premiere. And look, I was—I didn't want to. I was tired by that point. I went to a basketball game earlier with Chris Gethard. We saw your New York Knicks play a Brazilian squad, and <laughs> they had a problems with them for about the first quarter and a half. They had legitimate matchup problems with these guys, who none of which could make an NBA roster. Uh, this dude that the Knicks drafted, Porzingis. Bazinga. Yes, it was. It, Jim Parsons is on the the screen whenever he scores a, a basket, and he goes, Porzingis. Right. <laughs> He's in a ball pit, and he pops up. 
pit. A basketball pit. Right? That would not be as much fun, a ball pit just filled with basketballs. I think, yeah. I think if you There's were... like 10 of them. I, I think... <laughs> Maybe if you were a, a horse. move at all. Like yeah. A horse, it would be like a regular ball pit. And you'd be like, I'm stuck in this basketball pit. <laughs> I think I might die in here. What if and I? It's hot enough that yeah. they stick to you when yeah. you stand yeah. up. Yeah. What if the guy I shoved him into that storage locker, <laughs> and then I opened it? I'm like, hey, I want to let you out, and then I just, then I just said, then I just threw a bunch of basketballs. One, in there. one by one, it's like a Chinese water torture with basketballs. <laughs> I started like a weird over saw. The, like, like, I'm like, dropping, <laughs> like over the top of it, I'm reaching over. I'm just dropping. He's like. Hey, whoa, a basketball just fell in here. That's yeah. weird. It's dark in here. Yeah, the like, first boom, one, he's boom, like, boom. okay. Yeah. Oh, this will be fun. <laughs> and then a second one. Then suddenly, 15 basketballs later, he's like, whoa, it's getting a little, <laughs> a little tight in here. A little too many basketballs. I'm, and so he's like, hey, I think I'm going <laughs> to. Really, I uh, can't move. I can't move these basketballs. There's too many of them. Hey, stop dumping those basketballs in here. It's my first day at the job. So I went to the the game, saw this guy Porzingis, uh, and I want to say this, Madison Square Garden, here's my challenge. I want to be courtside, I want to be on like Celebrity Row this year, What like, like I know, like a, like a Q level ra- ranking for things, but th- they had a, a, a guy, for, The Bachelor was on Celebrity Row, it's like, you put that loser there you can't put i could be there just like put me at like a like a timberwolves game that nobody cares about like slim pickings already you know everybody boo me when they show me on the jumbotron i'm fine with that what would it take should we what would it take for me to get that bothering the knicks on twitter to be just like let this guy be on celebrity row for your worst <laughs> game of the season right why not so we watch the game. Then I walk walk over to this uh, uh, Billy on the street thing. I missed the, the 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 screening, and I'm watching. I'm going trying to get into the party. And they're like, "Oh, you can't. You're not on the list." And then, then uh, then who breezes past me? Oh, Sal from In Practical <laughs> Jokers. Mike, you should have seen it. It's like it was. They were just oh, right this way, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> Sal from Impractical Jokers. Breezes oh past you, you'd think Jack Nicholson was rolling through the way they let Sal from Impractical. Yeah, yes, sir. Right this way. <laughs> Sal from Impractical. And I'm standing outside the thing. And all I said to myself was, please, Julie's in there. Please let her leave. And then you, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave. And I'm just like, oh, thank God. I'll hang out with you out, outside of the party. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, up there they were all singing for he's a jolly good fellow to say. Oh, 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 they were. so they have so, they, what do they on have? their shoulders? Yeah, yeah. He was on our shoulders, so, and he so, was. Yeah, what do they have? Weird, uh, weird uh, clearance rights or something? So they say yeah. for he's no, a jolly good fellow. Like. It was it his birthday. No, it wasn't yeah. his birthday. <laughs> People, it was like <laughs> the first time I've heard that song, like as it was meant. Okay. Oh yeah. Look, so he's just a, it's so a it's celebration. Not, it's not a public domain issue where they're just like, "Hey, Sal's here!" Oh, Camp Town races sing that song. Do da, do da. Right? They're not like, "Bet my money on a bobtail nag." Oh. <laughs> do you think when Stephen Foster wrote that, he'd be like, "130 years from now, 
<laughs> this song is just going to be a punchline mm-hmm. for free mm-hmm. music. Like, my music will just be known only because it's free at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, no one will like it. Mm-hmm. It's free. And what mm-hmm. do we do about these Hill sisters? Do we, like... <gasps> Do we like go and reinsert happy birthday into everything that but it could not be? But he's a jolly good fellow. Yeah. Well, don't you think that there are outtakes where they did do it and they're like, well, maybe if we can afford it and post, yeah. but they couldn't. And they could because yeah. like they, they want, they want 150 grand for this thing. That they should be like, they're, whoever was collecting checks on that yeah. should be jailed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For for living so high on the, on the hog a, like that, put right? Put in a basketball pit. Yeah, put them in the basketball with the Hill Sisters. <laughs> but like the, My sl- like the slowest one yeah. ever. So like it's like the first day there's just one ball. <laughs> and then the second yeah. there's two. Yeah, then that would mess with your head. You'd be like, yeah. Oh, that's four days. Four <laughs> basketballs in here. There's five days. There's five basketballs. Oh, no. Are they going to keep dropping one basketball a day? Oh, so they breathe Sal past, and this impractical joke, this is, this is the kind of thing I, like, for anybody who hasn't seen this show, basically, it, it's like, it's like candid camera on Staten Island, at the Staten Island Mall, with, an episode consists of this, these four Staten Island dudes hanging out at the Staten Island Mall, saying things like, and they have headsets and they make each other go do things, they're just like, Go eat a French fry from, uh, go grab a French fry from his plate. Like, just like, cause they're like walking around, just like, tell him, tell him, uh, tell him, uh, you, you got a cold and sneeze in his face. Like, that's what they do on that show. And they always go, oh, come on. I don't oh, want to, oh, no, no, don't yeah. make me do yeah. that. <laughs> cause they're like working as like cashiers at a grocery store and they're just like, like, all right, just, uh, Say, uh, like, ask this person, uh, tell them they can't, you can't sell them any of the stuff. Like, it's that, mm-hmm. tell them not, tell them that's not for sale. Yeah, none of these are practical. <laughs> then they're just like, uh, this is not for sale. <laughs> and then everybody on Staten Island's like, is this impractical? Because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, there's one television show on Staten Island. Oh, yeah, you're the most famous person who lives on this island. Yes. <laughs> the king of Staten Island. <laughs> Yes, that would be it's uh, the impractical jokers. It'd be like uh, another Stallone thing, like Rambo. If you suddenly just like you get stuck on Staten Island, and you're just like the impractical jokers are just like we don't like your kind around here. You guys don't. You see, you seem pretty practical. <laughs> I don't know. We like we're pretty impractical here on Staten we Island. Both like joking around. Yeah. Snake Plissken has the <laughs> escape from escape from the Staten jail Island. island of Staten. <laughs> he has to go up against the impractical jokers <laughs> to get off of Staten Island. Do you know all all four of their names? Sal. Sal. Mm-hmm. Is one named Rocco? There's not. No, there's not a Rocco. It's Sal. Mike. I know Sal. Merv, Merv, like Merv, Merv, yeah, like like the three wise men. M U R R, Merv, 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 oh, like Murray. That's right, Merv. <laughs> right, Mur. So Sal, Mur. As if Murray wasn't enough of like a like yeah, uh, the salt of the earth yeah. name. E is there one named E? E turtle, turtle. 
Mar. <laughs> it's not very practical what you're saying, Julie. I have to say. Exactly. It's. You might be the first. You might be like the lady Joker. What about that? Hey guys, you know what we need for this upcoming season? A lady Joker, right? A Jokerino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a Jokerina. Practical, impractical Jokers. Jokerina. Welcome. Welcomes Julie Klausner. You can't call me that. You call me Klaus. <laughs> they welcome yeah. the impractical Jokers. Welcome. Just kidding, Julie Klausner. J.K. Here she is. <laughs> right? I'm like. They just call you Jew. And the, yeah. <laughs> hey Jew. They're like, hey Jew, eat that French fry. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, no, oh no. God, oh, God. Oh, no, come on, that. fellas. Oh, really? Well, here we go. Is that how I'm supposed to do it? That is how it would go down on season eight of Impractical Jokes. How long has that show been on the air? It's like Mash. It is like it's our like our mash, yeah. right? It's like the mash of true TV, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> One day they're gonna be like the final episode of Impractical Joker, and he'll just be like, "It was a baby." <laughs> he'll be like at the mall at yeah. the Staten Island Mall. It was a baby. Remember that episode? <laughs> Her is all like Sal's in a coma. <laughs> it was all his dream. <laughs> Turned out that Sal in Vietnam. That Sal <laughs> yeah. Sal fell off the upper <laughs> like he was like leaning over the railing at the Staten Island Mall and he fell, fell and off he, the he dreamt this entire show. Yeah. Right? And he comes out of it like, oh how everybody comes out of everything. They go, oh. <laughs> Have you ever woken up once? Oh. Oh. In like a bad dream. It's always like What? I'm still not okay. Oh, Okay. All right. It's a drink. <laughs> like it's never. Oh, 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 what a bed. Yeah. Somebody's saying they'd make you eat a black whopper. Hey, Julie, eat that black whopper. Oh, <laughs> guys. Oh, fellas, come on. Burger King presents the Impractical Jokers, taking their brand of hilarity to Burger to Halloween's because it's a scary whopper. It is scary. And do you hear that organ music when it plays the fan? The burger has like a little greeting card. <laughs> like, and like a cape. Music box. Like a red cape on its... <laughs> the burger. <laughs> Phantom of the burger. Yeah, cake. and it's, it's behind a keyboard. A little keyboard. Yeah, like a little burger. A, a keyboard that is the size that a burger would play. <laughs> like if a burger needed to play it wouldn't play like a full size yeah. keyboard it would be smearing its burgers <laughs> so that, sure that A1 sauce it's would pickles. leak out it's pickles yeah, I think pickle, his pickles would be fingers the pickle would leak out all over <laughs> they need to add an imp- look people are, are are bothering the impractical jokers on twitter now saying please consider Julie Krasner <laughs> for the role it. of in, for the role of impractical Jokerino. <laughs> you should get a movement, like, get to, like, a salon think piece where yes. they're like, when will there finally yeah. be a female mm-hmm. impractical Joker? Yeah. yeah. Rumor has it, it just starts as, like, a rumor, because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Evil Knievel started when he when had He to, would call up he the would, place he wanted up. to be booked and yeah. be like, 
heard the, the sands. Yeah, was it the, with the fountain or yeah. whatever or the whatever? I it was. listened to to Gary the Squirrel's <laughs> review. Of- but but the thing he would call up, he would just go yeah. like, he would call up as, as people they'd mangle He's- Evil Knievel's name, but they would also. He would call up with these, like, basically anti-Semitic n- reporter names, like, saying, like, right. you know, hey, it's Herb Rosen. Like, he's right. just like. It's Jew knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's the deal with this uh, evil Sneevel or whatever? Evil Sneevel. <laughs> jump the thing? I don't Imagine know. Imagine being this man's wife and be like, what are you doing today? <laughs> he's like, I'm working. And be like, hi, this is Dewey Nodstein asking about an evil Kishnevil. When will you book him? And then finally, yeah. Evil Knievel calls. Yeah. And he goes. Have there been any calls for me? It's the dumbest it's thing like you've ever It's like the Prince heard. Albert in a can joke. It's, it's uh, You know what it is? It's a practical joke. It's a practical mm-hmm. It's But it got, it's, he called. <laughs> and he was like. This is Evil Knievel's manager. <laughs> he's like, I've been hearing you guys are spreading rumors that he's going to be jumping the fountain at this casino. And then he said, and this is from this Lee Montville book on Evil Knievel. It's one of the greatest books I've ever read. He said, And then he says, we should, we're going to sue you. But, you know, but he says, but look, I also manage... Lawrence Welk and I have to go with him on a European tour right now (laughs) so what I'm going to do Hmm. I'm going to have Evil call you tomorrow and maybe the two of you can sort it out like that's literally what Evil Knievel did when he called and then the next day he's like yeah it's Evil Knievel (laughs) my manager told me to call what is this thing a jump at the fountain or something (laughs) And then they're like, well, people are keep saying you're going to do it. So he's like, so should we do it or what? <laughs> and then it's like, I'll do it for like 30 grand. And then that's how his career started. It's amazing. Who's Is this good, Mike? Yeah. Best show, you're on the air. Yeah, this is Adam from Tampa. How are you all this evening? Adam from Tampa. What's up, Adam? I just wanted to thank Julie Klausner for adding uh, – an episode to my list of Christmas episodes, like great Christmas episodes. Christmas episode of Difficult People. Oh, thank fantastic. You. Thanks. So good. Thanks. So good. Thank yeah. you. Right up there with like all of the classic Christmas episodes. So, what's thanks. another classic? That's all I got. Thank you. Okay. Oh, the Andy Griffith Show episode. Okay. The, the, where the old man from the department store mm-hmm. learns the meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. That's a good one. What about the one on, on uh, uh, family ties when the guy steals all the presents? Remember that one? No. Who steals them? Some Reagan guy hanging out with them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> he was so nice. He was nice, but he He's said so the nice, nice thing, and now it's time for him to, <laughs> to move along. <laughs> yeah, to move along. He's of Jeez. no use to us. Yeah. Come on. Impractical Jokers can regenerate... Into different genders now, so it's just like it's like a Doctor Who kind of thing. They've evolved. Uh-huh. Has there been a woman? To, what? Not, you know what? Don't it, as I'm asking, well, I don't want to know the answer. First of all, you know the answer. I don't. No. Uh, well then, of course thanks. there hasn't. Now I know. Okay. Not yet. Dudio loves down. Doctor Calm Who. Calm down, Dudio. Him and his Doctor Who. This guy. <laughs> he's got the 
He's got the jacket and the scarf out there. Mm-hmm. God help me, he's going to run in with it in 30 seconds, and he's going to... Oh, he's... Oh, this Doctor Who thing. You try to watch that? It's the most boring thing I ever saw in my life. Isn't it a cheap-looking... Children's show? It is like it's for kids 50 years ago. Like for dumb British kids 50 years ago. Stuck with some disease... Can't leave the house. Right? <laughs> well, they eat his like biscuits. Yeah. Like the they have rick- they have like terrible diseases. No, see, he's got the scar, <laughs> oh, no, he and he's got his sonic screwdriver, which on. I tried yeah. to throw out, but seems to always find its way back onto one of the shelves. Hmm. Yeah. If there was a lady named Do- if there was a lady Doctor Who, do you know what she would be called? Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, because they'd be surprised she was female. Yeah, they'd be like they'd be like Doctor. Who thought it was a good idea to have a female Doctor Who? There were still a few guys that could have been Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, I'll start. Don Cheadle. <laughs> that would be a good Doctor Who. From House of Cards. From House of Games. From House of I Cards, mean, it could have been Doug Stamper. No, wait. Keep going. Game of Houses. House of Lies. House yes. of Lies. From Games of Lies. Right? <laughs> From the House Thrones. From the guys who brought you. Yeah. From the guys who brought you House of Cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good Christmas episode of House of Lies. You remember that one? No. You remember the House of Cards Christmas episode? Yeah. What happened? The president that? shoved somebody in front of the train. <laughs> remember when the president went around murdering everybody? <laughs> that one when he's just like, "You what you have to understand. What you have is, to understand. Mm. A snake cannot eat his own tail. And then he'd, like, murder a prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Can't wait for it to come back. Freddy. Freddy. (laughs) Freddy. Freddy, what did you do to these ribs? Oh, what a great character (laughs) Freddy is. What a rich (laughs) backstory Backstory. he is. Rib Smith. (laughs) (laughs) That call must have been great when, like, it's like, oh, yeah, the, the congressman... Mm-hmm. He really wants to come in this morning. Can you get there? Like, I guess you probably have to get there like four thirty in the morning and start <laughs> making ribs so he can eat at seven. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to eat before it opens. Yeah, like, he'll be there at seven thirty. So yeah. That means, but the good news is, I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, so that means you have to get up at two. Right, get over there, start making ribs for him all morning. That was when I stopped watching House of Cards. Was in Freddy's rib place was becoming a. <laughs> chain <laughs> and i was like no no yeah. no no this is not a thing you do in yeah. season two of a show what if what if <laughs> it's like my chain is take this freddie your ribs could be eaten by people across that was like that's when you were out picture this nope no more you're eating it mm-hmm. freddie's rib place right mm-hmm. and then someone comes over and takes a french fry from your plate <laughs> And, but before he does it, he goes, uh-huh. oh, no. Oh, no, God, come on. You just hear it. Like, you hear from around the corner. <laughs> hey, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grab a French fry. <laughs> Grab one of the ribs. Grab one of the ribs from a plate. Aww. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> the president. The to kill the impractical joker for <laughs> stealing one of his, his, his precious oh, ribs. Yeah. yeah, he's eating yeah. a rib. Mm-hmm. He's eating ribs. The impractical <laughs> jokers don't know that that is Congressman 
Mm-hmm. Francis. They don't yeah. know what's yeah. Francis Underwood. Francis. Right. Mm-hmm. Do it. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 <laughs> Grab a rib off that guy's plate. <laughs> <laughs> $6,000 suit. <laughs> Eating ribs at 7 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joke arena. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I know, I know. Yeah. Grab a rib off. No, guy! <laughs> oh! What if there was someone in his ear and be like, Sal, you see that guy's waiting in line over there. <laughs> <laughs> Practical jokers are back at home, and then suddenly Doug Stamper shows up at their door. I got to talk to you for a minute. He's like, he's wearing like gloves and he has in? a wire, like he has like the kind of wire that you use to take like a big hunk of clay off. Of yeah. yeah, you mean the the, the garret, top of a cliver, the garret a, that uh, that Morgan Spurlock, Morgan Spurlock used at the clown motel. Oh, this is like a we're all this is. Mm-hmm. This might be one of the most fun best shows I've ever done. And it rose from the ashes of tech problems, but it ended up being so fun. Why? Two reasons. Julie Klausner. <laughs> Hayes Davenport. I thought you were going to say, like, Squarespace. <laughs> no. Well, look. Are you allowed to talk about when you got the call from Earwolf that was like, you? Sh- that advertiser's mad at you? We, we, that happened a couple times. <laughs> Because for people who don't know Hollywood Handbook, you do the these uh, you you guys have fun with the yeah the spots. Mm-hmm. It's all content. Content's king. Mm-hmm. It's content is king. You don't fast forward the ads on no. Hollywood Handbook. Yeah, uh, the thing where the pedophilia thing. <laughs> I forget what I told you, but one thing that happened was we did some ad. And uh, we got an email from an earwolf person saying, "Hey guys, the advertiser is really furious. Please don't <laughs> talk about pedophilia in uh, in your ads." And we were both like, "That uh, we didn't do that. Like we're pretty sure that just like mm-hmm, didn't happen." Mm-hmm. And so we go back and listen to it, and it was a thing um, for uh, uh, QuickBooks, Intuit QuickBooks, <laughs> and uh, and our bit was something like. Uh, you can't go to your accountant anymore because you were working late one night and you slept with your accountant. And then Sean instantly goes, and your accountant's kid. <laughs> so we're just like listening through this thing together, getting ready to make our case that we didn't do anything about pedophilia. And we listen for like eight, <laughs> eight seconds. And then it's like, oh, I guess we'll just be... <laughs> eating it <laughs> on this one and I just immediately start drafting the apology you know <laughs> oh. Oh. Hollywood Handbook is so good right? yeah oh, wow. my, you, my, you know my favorite episode is the Sinbad one Sinbad yeah, one he was so great that yeah. one Funniest blew guy. me out yeah. of the wall I yeah. just funny bones you know great just in his bones mm-hmm. his daughter 
was also great. Yes. And the dog it was carrying a, just a bag the whole time, and suddenly the bag opens and a tiny dog comes out. And, and at one point they put the dog next to the microphone. We rub it up against the microphone. It was great. <laughs> Loved it. My trilogy has concluded. Are you sure you're not going to follow up? You're not going to do another? Oh, no, it'll, or you'll been, start from scratch? No, no. Podmask called New it arc. a trilogy. New Podmask declared They declared it a trilogy, and I was like reading. I'm just like, wait, who said this was a trilogy? I'll do the show ten more times. It's just like, the trilogy has concluded. <laughs> That's the problem with this nerd stuff, man. Star Wars, yeah. everything's a trilogy now. Oh, the trilogy. It's like, that didn't exist. We talked about that before. Uh, we were talking about that off air in real life yeah. or, you know, when you're everything but the show, <laughs> when you have normal human conversations, the idea of a trilogy mm-hmm. as a thing, that's mm-hmm. like a Star Wars thing, well, right? Well, it's the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. The Holy Trinity, right? But it just the, tri- I mean, just the idea of three parts of a, of a, yeah, but that was there's not like there's Old Testament, <laughs> New Testament, and like oh like, oh right, you mean like three stories yes, being yeah, iconic yeah. as yeah, a, yeah. sure it's yeah. not just any three things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that thing where it's just like oh the trilogy has been it's like right because now it's like oh the Godfather trilogy like he felt he had to do a third one because everybody's just yeah. like what right. about the trilogy right it's like yeah I did two they're right. kind of perfect yeah. It's, it's the, the crystal, the crystal skull is outside of the trilogy. You didn't finish the trilogy. And he's like, boy, I, I, I the guy's got a point. I didn't finish the trilogy. Is that the Back to the Future 3 itis too? I like your sure. Back to the Future tweet. Well, I'm working on, I'm co-writing it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to the Future. You're doing some stuff with the principal that's really interesting. We've got a lot of twists and turns ready. For people who don't know, I'm, I'm co-writing the Back to the Future reboot. It's very exciting. And is it all in the Old West? No, that's the third one. We're not. We're just doing the original, oh, a, re, the, a reboot of okay. the first movie. Okay. Hopefully, we'll get to do the. A do we check in on um, Steenburgen's character at yeah. all? No, no not we, in the not oh, in the first one. Okay. No, not in your first one. Not my first. One. Okay. No. no yeah. No. Okay. No. So it's it's going well, and good. Alan and I are having a good time writing it, and really just having so much fun in the studio. Alan? Seems like it. Yeah. Smithy? No, Colvert. Oh. He's, He's your writing partner. Yeah. Oh, Alan my Colbert. God. Okay. He had a pilot that didn't go. Okay. Covert Operations. <laughs> it um was him as a CIA agent. And it just didn't... Uh, it didn't make the cut. I thought it was yeah. good. I thought it, had a, I thought it was a little too edgy, and I don't think people are ready for... That kind of show right now with Alan Covert as a CIA agent because he had problems too. He had problems. He uh, he just loved to uh, he just loved to read comic books and collect them. And he was so obsessed with like getting because there's this thing, Julie. It's called the the comic book. They do these gradings of them, and he was obsessed mm-hmm. with getting the entire run. Mm. The John Byrne, Chris Claremont run of the X Men, mm-hmm. all eight point twos and above, mm-hmm. and he was having a really hard time getting the issue with uh, yeah. when the X Men got oh. dumped inside a giant pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't find that one. Apparently, that one was very 
kids who read that one did not do a good job of <laughs> keeping it neat. <laughs> Let's get one final call. 201-332-3484. Oh 201-332-3484. One final call here with Julie Klausner, Hayes Davenport. Then we'll we'll wrap it up and uh then we'll be ne- Nathan Fielder will be on next week's show. He wrote me and said uh he will he will he will join us next week. One call, I just need one. Just one. Just one call. Can I get one? Give me one. I can share a discovery I made. What's that? It but you can Please. stop it whenever there's a sure. call. Okay. Uh Julie gave me one of your Under to the Dome cards yes. that's sitting on the desk here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says they're made by SciFiHobby.com. Mm-hmm. And so I went to look and see like what other mm-hmm. stuff they make cards for. And they do a lot of sci-fi shows. They do okay. Star Trek, yeah. Farscape. They uh-huh. do have a card series for okay. that show, Warehouse 13, that sci-fi mm-hmm. show. Xena, a lot of things sure. like that. And also the WNBA. <laughs> the WNBA. <laughs> they're the official SciFiHobby.com. It's very sad. I take no joy in this. This is true. It says on their website they're the official card manufacturer for the WNBA. So Fleer was just like. <laughs> so they call it good news. Tops was just. We like, got a deal. I don't wow. think we're gonna do these. And then they're just like, look, we gotta get some, somebody's got to make these cards. <laughs> like, what about what is it? Sci-fi. Sci-fi-hobby.com. It's like you shop yeah. your show everywhere and like pivot passes <laughs> and like. And then. Like, Suddenly it's like... FXX is like, no. And what about that Snapchat channel? <laughs> they said no. They said no. They said no. Yeah. Like, uh... They're like, well, Subway, like, Overstock.com is yeah. doing... Subway has over- TVs and... That's <laughs> true, by the way. That's true. I heard that's true, that Overstock.com is, is dipping their toe into, you know, original oh, programming. Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds... Who... Who wouldn't... It, it, just, it just screams quality. Overstock.com. It's just like, what if they just showed the worst mm. shows that no one wanted? Mm-hmm. Like the overstock of television. Yeah. 201. Come on, one call. I know we're going late here. I know people are tired. One call and then I can end the show. 201-332-3484. Come on. can't believe it. Where is everybody? I'm just going to take this, Mike. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, John. This is Alex from Toronto. Alex in Toronto. Is this? Do I know this, Alex? Uh, you do. Sorry, I realized I've already I've already blown it. I forgot my uh, title. Mm-hmm. What's your ti- is, uh, What's your proper name on is, the show? This is Toronto's sex dwarf, Alex, calling in. <laughs> Toronto's sex. How are you tonight, Toronto's sex dwarf, Alex? I'm doing okay. How's everybody over there? We're doing good. Pretty We're good. good. We're good. good. Now you, what are you doing tonight, Toronto Sex Dwarf Alex? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I just came back from, uh, I hesitate to say this because I feel like then I'm just going to trap myself, but I came back from a rehearsal with a band and I thought I had missed the show and I just checked in and I saw that it was still going. You want to know what Toronto Sex Dwarf Alex? I'm letting you off the hook tonight. I'm not going to do it to you. So I appreciate you calling. I want you to say, "Give me your sign off, and we'll talk." I'll talk to you later. Okay. Uh, well, this is uh, Toronto Sex Dwarf Alex signing off. 
Have a good night. Best show, you're on the air. Hello? Hey, this is Eddie from Los Angeles. Eddie from Los Angeles. What are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, I was just watching the Dodgers and uh-huh. hanging out in the best show. Yeah, were you were you watching the Dodgers through someone else's window? Like, uh, no, the uh, TV. Yeah, yeah their the TV, but their TV, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I don't have a TV. That's how you get your jollies, isn't it? Staring in windows. Oh, of course. Watching other people watch the Dodgers, right? Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do, man. All right, great. Have a good night. Just needed to get that done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Comes yeah. Perfunctory. Oh, no. You know what I know about? I'm not a sports person, but you yeah. know what I know? What do you know? The Dodgers broke our hearts. Mm-hmm. You know what I know, Julie, is that Metal Gear Eric on Twitter, he sent a very interesting picture <laughs> that you should see. <laughs> <laughs> it's... The imp- it's the it's the cast photo of Impractical Jokers. It's a good one of you. Of, and I noticed that <laughs> I noticed that J.K. the Jokerina is <laughs> is making her presence known with the uh, with the Impractical Jokers. She's she's <laughs> she's she's sticking her head behind. Uh, Can you put the J and the K in the word Jokers? Like a different That's color, yeah. like a pink, pink. You hear that, Metal Gear Eric? You've got to make the J. Yeah, and just the a cane. just a small note. Yeah, Joker. Stay up to like three thirty a.m. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't. Know, I don't know why she had asked for. I mean, I just I'm trying to. I'm trying to do it. Damn it! It doesn't look right. She's but I know she's right. Me. But I know she's right. She's only going to send me back to the drawing board. <laughs> He's late for work. Though. He gets fired. <laughs> he gets fired. He comes calling on Julie because he just hey, like hey. he he gets it right. He sends it through. <laughs> he goes to bed and then he wakes up. He looks at his alarm clock nine fifty. He's like, no, 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 oh no, no, like that super late feeling when you're just like, oh no, oh no. He says, like, all right, I don't have to take a shower. What do I do? I could probably brush my teeth at work. I just got to get to work so fast. Oh, no. <laughs> that is – has anybody talked about that? Have you ever heard anybody, like – is that a thing? Everybody knows that feeling, but, like yes. – but has, has, every, Isn't that how everybody responds? Is, Oh no, no! <laughs> oh, alright, my friends. On the way out, I'm gonna tell you all once again, thanks to Merge Records for sponsoring tonight's episode of The Best Show. In 2015, Merge added some exciting releases to its already stellar catalog. Titus Andronicus, Mike Kroll, Mac McCon's great solo album. Uh, Mac from Super Chunk, Arcade Fire's Will, Will Butler's great solo album, The Mountain Goats, Waxahachie, The Destroyer album, Poison Season, one of the best albums in his career and of the year. And you find all that stuff over at, uh, mergerecords.com. They've also put out, uh, uh, reissues of, uh, records by Spoon, Seaweed, Super Chunk, Mountain Goats. The Merge web store has all this stuff, limited number of, uh, complete 
or thousands of prizes, seven-inch box sets, and the uh, selections from the merged 25th anniversary reissue series, such as Lamb Chops, Nixon, and Teenage Fan Club's Man Made. Go to mergerecords.com slash shop, and Best Show listeners will receive a 20% uh, discount 20% off on all Merge catalog CDs and LPs and Merge gear like t-shirts, hats, and tote bags. MergeRecords.com slash shop. Use best code. Best code? No. Use the code best show at checkout to get that 20% discount. MergeRecords.com slash shop. Code best show. I want to thank Julie Klausner and Hayes Davenport. Thank you so much. This is so much fun tonight. Thank you, Tom. We love you, Tom. Yes. No, oh, I love you too. Uh, thank you both. And check out Difficult People on uh, Hulu. Overstock.com. <laughs> Overstock.com. The, the outtakes from Difficult People will be available at Overstock, on the Overstock Network. Hayes, we, people can check out Hollywood Handbook at Earwolf.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, who, who's an upcoming uh, guest? Anything in the in the bank you can tease the, the, the your handbook fans with? I hesitate to. Okay. Well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You got nothing. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So we will be back next week. Nathan Fielder will be on the show next week. Thanks to everybody for listening. And on the way out, I'm going to play something by the Golden Boys. From their great album, which came out a couple of years ago at this point, a few years ago. Their album, Dirty Fingernails. Let's listen to a song called Sidewalk. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh-huh.